Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. Oh, well.
gmail.com. This is Brother Shorty with Seeking Justice Resource Community. Uh, We're going to be live here in just a few minutes, waiting on all our guests to get in. Are there anyone there? Hello. Test one, two, three. Yeah, go see her for a few. Yep. Glad to hear you on. Uh, yeah, I can make it. I think I got about a half hour before I got another call. Did you get everything oh. settled with Andrew last night? Uh, on what, what was that on? Randall's on Randall stuff. Did you get oh yeah, everything. Everything is done. He's got copies. He's putting the lawyer on notice tomorrow morning. He's done, got the courts on notice today, and so everyone's got their uh, their stuff, you know. 
good. He he uh, he uh, put the judge on notice the other day, the state's attorney and the attorney, but we added the affidavit of facts, the uh, notice and demand letter, and uh, a little introductory letter letting me know that we plan on prosecuting if he doesn't inform his client to settle. So he did get the four docs served today then? Uh, the four... The Accounting, four yeah. Yeah, all that, was, all, all that was mailed out the other day, but he was short on getting to the court in time to get it uh, filed, and so he filed it first thing this morning. Okay, okay. Did you get your computer yet? No, it's uh, sometime next week. Looks like it'll be delivered. It'll come. Supposed Sooner or later. Supposed to have Todd on here tonight. He uh, He's a guy down in Texas. And then I think we're going to have two police officers from Chicago come on the program. Wow. Yeah. They they're they're gonna try day. they're gonna try to real learn real law, huh? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Oh, that's good. I mean I think um they they need to edge I mean they run around um <clears throat> they're not even competent witnesses in court. Um Yeah. So it is um it's uh it's good that they actually learn the law. Oh yeah. I had a cop the other day, it was a, a friend of mine's son <clears throat> and I was at his dad's funeral and I got to talking to him about common law courts record, he said I don't want to have this conversation. yeah we're in a precarious position here right now in America oh yeah well I thought everyone would be walking in by now well I'm here Andrew here well good yep hey can you hear me Gary yep I'm here. Well, the guy from uh, Texas was trying to get on. I don't know if he's going to get on or what. He's not on yet. We got um, California, West Virginia, Michigan, and Southern Illinois. That must be... uh, uh, Randall. Randall, are you there? Hey, actually, uh, I am listening. This is Jeremiah Donaldson. I'm not will. I'm not really here to talk, but I, is it okay if I listen in? Sure. Right, cool. Oh, by the way, I'm California. 
Really? We won't hold it against you. <laughs> yeah, it's been a busy day. I got a guy from uh, Michigan coming down, and he texted me. He said he's already in Chicago. I got to pick him up around 10 o'clock tonight. He's actually going to court with us. And so there'll be two court watchers in there. I'm bringing my uh, uh, spy camera so I can record. It'll be yeah, I would, I would definitely like to see that video come next week. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Slam dunking. I'm, I'm all excited. I've been... Uh, just uh, ever since Sunday, I've been just chomping at the bit to get down there, you know. <laughs> I hope to have the same scenario that I had in the 11th Circuit where the prosecutor tried to sneak out of the building four, if not five times on the day of trial. None of the witnesses showed up. It was just me <laughs> and and the prosecutor trying to sneak out of the building, you know. And uh, I was sitting down there on the courthouse bench monitoring the gate. And he come down the elevator and he was looking around. I go, you, hello. And he's like, whoops. And then he gets in the elevator talking to an attorney and they go up. And, uh, and then he comes back down and goes back up four, if not five times, trying to sneak out of the building. That's, um, that's they're cowards. They're cowards. Yeah. And and you brought liability to him. He doesn't want that liability. That's right. That liability is a, a killer in their profession. Uh, don't forget to show Randall the video. I guess I'm still in, right? Yeah, I can hear you. Yeah, yeah, yeah it went it went pretty silent there. Yeah, well, I had uh, Todd on the other line. He wanted to know how to get in, so he's calling in now. Are you there, Todd? He's not on yet. I just had a guy call me from uh, Ohio also. I was off. He just He's calling in. Good. I just wanted to hear from Todd when he gets on. He's down in Texas. Okay. He's the guy that got arrested for preaching on the sidewalk. We just had someone from Central Coastal California join. Yeah, this is Todd Bullis. Yeah. How you doing? Yeah, I have a California telephone number. Yeah, (laughs) well, that's okay. We'll forgive you. (laughs) 
<laughs> Thank you. <laughs> well, well, tell us the, the 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 dilemma that you had the other day. Well, um, I bring my son out here to Richardson for football practice, and I have two hours of uh, time to waste every night, uh, five days a week. So I just go around different parts of Richardson and hold up the, you know, the repent signs and uh, talk to people about abortion and, and about Christ. And I chose uh, one night to go to uh, UTD, University of Texas, Dallas, and stand on the corner of Campbell and uh, University Park, Park, Parkway, and uh, standing out there, and the police came and said that it's all private property all the way to the curb, and um, that I couldn't stand there, and uh, they told me I had to leave, and I told them, well, you know, they're wrong, that this is all public um, property, and it's all an easement, and I'm standing right on the sidewalk, and it's open to the public, and they said, if you don't leave, we're going to arrest you. And I said, well, yeah, I'm not going to leave. Because, you know, cops normally normally always lie to me. They just lie to get me to, you know, keep the peace and just, you know, get me to move along. And I, and I just don't do it. I don't fall for it. They tried so to intimidate just, you. Yeah, they just tried to intimidate me. And, and I just said, you know, no. And so uh, he said, okay, you're under arrest. And he handcuffed me and... Uh, you know, put me in the back of a squad car and let me sit there. And it was like 90 degrees out and, you know, no air conditioning in the car. And you know, I told him I couldn't breathe and he let me out. And and the whole time he was just sitting there on the phone with somebody. I don't know with who, but he oh, came yeah, back and he said, yeah, he came back and said, uh, um, tell you what, the university will allow you to go stand on the corner a block away Um if you're willing to do that, we'll let you do that. So they're basically making me an offer to leave and go over there and they wouldn't arrest me. And I said, no, um, you know, I'm not breaking the law and, and I'm not leaving. If you're going to arrest me, you know, arrest me. And, uh, so a half an hour later, basically they uncuffed me and let me go and, and said, uh, gave me a, a trespass warning and said, if I come back, they're going to arrest me. And, uh, so I had to go pick up my son from football by that time. And, so I left and went and picked up picked up my son, but it was it was a horrible experience, and um, you know they just just basically kidnapped me and uh, you know in, imprisoned me in the back of a cop car, and uh, you know and they didn't even you know they told me I was being detained, and I'm like for what crime? And they they had no you know I wasn't doing anything wrong. They just didn't like the sign I was holding is really what it was. And they said that it's basically their discretion on who they can tell have to leave their property, even though I wasn't on their property. So that's, that's in a nutshell, basically what happened. Seems like they were singling you out. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, I went online and I looked at all the posters and signs people hold up in that, on that college. And, you know, I was completely shocked at what goes on at that college. And, uh, you know, the signs that those kids hold up, you know, with, uh, you know, human anatomy parts and just, just, you know, horrible stuff. And, you know, my sign, which, you know, was defending the unborn and being a voice for the unborn, and that's just not acceptable on that college. So, you know, I definitely feel singled out. Oh, yeah. They they tried that on me once down there at the Marist Center. 
and they had Tony's wife. We had an evening event to kick off what we were going to do for the next couple of days. And the guys came into town. We set up, and the cop grabbed Tony's wife and brought her over to where me and Tony was and told us that we had to uh, had to go to the other side of the sidewalk. And I said, no, we don't. Yeah, you do. They don't want you on here. I said, well, that's beside the point. Why are you singling us out? And they said, well, we're not singling you out. And I said, why are you lying to me? I said, you know, if you're not singling me out, why isn't everyone else included? Right. Right. You know, the next day I came back with my random law card, and I was ready to show notice on them, but I guess they reviewed the cameras and saw that it was me and said, we've had problems with him before. We really don't want to tangle with him. And so uh, they were just as uh, sweet as punch then, you know. Next day, you know, next couple of days. Yeah, the uh, University of Texas Dallas. I think just they they feel like they're the law and they're in control and they can do whatever they want basically. And uh, you know, public streets and easements open to the public. Like I even said, you know, the public's allowed to walk up and down here. And they said, well, you're that's the public. That's not you. I'm like, what do you mean? <laughs> Where's on the public, you know? Yeah, um, and I'm, you're, you're either a student or you're the public. <laughs> right. And so, and then, and, you know, the funny thing is, um, a couple days before that, when I was there, um, they told me that I couldn't stand on the sidewalk, that I, that I had to be moving. But, you know, in the video, you can see they actually parked their squad car right on the sidewalk and blocked the sidewalk completely. And, right. uh you know, it's not about blocking the sidewalk. It's about harassment of someone that's just, you know, and I wasn't there, like, I wasn't in the middle of campus. I wasn't, like, freaking the kids out, you know, as they were eating lunch. You know, I was standing at the outskirts of the college as people drove in and drove out, holding up a sign, pleading for the unborn, just being a voice for the unborn. That's all I was doing. And, uh, you know, to be incarcerated and handcuffed and, you know, basically they just took up my time so I couldn't do anything. Um, and, uh, you know, they're just bullies. That's just all there is to it. And, you know, most of the cops here in, in Richardson, I've had fairly good experiences with, you know, they've protected us against, you know, crazy moms out in front of the high schools. They've, uh, you know, protected us from Starbucks when we're out in front of Starbucks on the sidewalks. I mean, they've been really good. Um, but, you know, I had no idea that this was coming from uh, the University of Texas, Dallas at all. Yeah, you got to stay on point, you know, and every time they show up, little red flags need to go off, and you need to have them in a random law card ready to deal with the thing, and if that doesn't work, then... You know, you're going to have to take uh, legal measures against it, you know? Yeah. Well, that's, you know, that's what I appreciate about your wisdom. I mean, the videos that you pointed me to and, you know, the information um, you gave me talking over the phone has really helped because, you know, I would have just stayed away from there because I really don't enjoy handcuffs. They're a lot less, uh, you know, Un, they're a lot more uncomfortable than what the movies show, and uh, yeah. you know, I, I, it, it, they hurt. You know, they they it was 
you know, my wrists are still bruised and sore, and, you know, I, I just didn't appreciate it one bit. I would have just not gone back because I don't want to go through that every time I go. But, you know, now I really do want to make sure that a precedent is set. And when somebody does go near that campus, that they're protected and, and defended against, you know, this tyranny. Um, well, what we're going to do, what we'd like to do is take your case and make a boilerplate on it and then have it ready for others that are going to be out there. And so that way, uh, in a short amount of time, you know, let's say 48 hours, uh, we could go ahead and arrange some uh, some written literature that would be pertinent to the case and just come after them. Yeah, I, I would love to do that, you know. And I'm not just some 18-year-old rabble-rouser, you know. I mean, I'm I'm 55 years old, and I'm just trying to be obedient to, to God, to the Word of God, and and, you know, defend the innocent. And I'm not you know, out there, you know, being all crazy and doing stupid stuff. I mean, I'm following the law. I'm not breaking the law. We look up and see where the easements are and where we can stand and what we can do. Now, you know, the college, of course, you know, they have their own, like, set of rules. Like, they have a free speech zone. But, you know, free speech yeah. zone, that's, that's crazy, you know? Like, oh, there's no free speech on the street, in a public street, but you can go in this one area on the campus and have free speech there. And I'm like, no, you know, I'm going to go where people drive in and out of the college. I'm not going to, you know, I have free speech here, too. You know, you're not taking that away. Hey, uh, Shorty, this is Andrew. Yeah. In a case, in a case like that, um, where would you start, take, where would you take the action to? Who, who would you be um, putting as, on as the defendant? Would it be the officer or the college? It would be both. Well, I'm thinking that there's there's got to be uh, enough evidence, and if we have a, an affidavit to support our claim, we could spend some time putting something together for against the college and specifically against the officer and challenge challenge all the officers in that environment as to the legitimacy of their of their conduct, um, rather than just Everything. sitting around talking talking about it. Why don't we? put something together that um, will um, get the college's attention. Yeah. Declaratory judgment. judgment against the sheriff and the city police declaring that you have the right for free speech on any public easement or thoroughway. Right. Yeah, I, I think and walk around with a court order. Right, I think I think it's time to paper put a lot of paperwork in place because that's costing uh, each one of these environments uh, a lot of money. They're going to have to hire legal experts to offset the, whatever we're, we're discussing here. And um, if we have our our ducks in the order, uh, I don't see any of them being able to circumvent uh, what we're going to present. Well, I was talking to Ghost the other day. And he brought up the idea of getting an injunction against them. You know, just uh, put a stop Well, the, the injunction would only cover a specific defendant. A declaratory judgment is to declare your right. And that would cover no matter where he went anywhere. And I think a declaratory is probably the easiest way. Otherwise, you'll be back in court every time you go somewhere and they stop you. 
to have yeah. your right declared and then walk around with a court order. Forget their case law. Walk around with a court order. Oh, okay, so you're going to get declaratory judgment from the court. Yeah, that's what I would recommend. Get a declaratory judgment saying that you do, in fact, have a right uh, to uh, exercise your freedom of speech on any public thoroughway or easement. Simple as that. Okay, is it, can that judgment be uh, gotten from the clerk of court? Because I know the clerk of court has a lot of, lot of um, clout. Well, a declaratory judgment is basically a, 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 an action. In the old law, it was a bill. But uh, it's, it's now codified in, in uh, federal code and, and state codes. So it's an action. And I would do it against the... Um, uh, the state of whatever you're in, and then I have the little paragraph that I use to incorporate all of their subdivisions, instrumentalities, agents, principals, employers. You just get it against the whole thing at one time and, and just stop playing games with it. Then when okay. they violate your declaratory judgment, then you have a right to seek compensatory damages. And okay. that's, where, that's where you'll stick them. That's where you yeah. get badge numbers. Yeah. Hey, oh, uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yep. You then you, then, then you created numbers. a liability, and that, at that moment, the liability they don't want to attach to. That's right. That's right. Should, well, you do uh, a like no, should we do a motion and then a motion? Say, say that again, Shorty. Do a notice motion and then a motion? And then no, you and just, just do a declaratory judgment and then walk around with the court order. Okay. Yeah. And you once, got, you, once you, you show got, them the court order, if they continue, well, then you go seek compensatory damages. But in order to get this, you got to go to court first, right? A uh, declaratory judgment. Uh, well, if they don't respond, uh, because it would be the state of, and I, I would go state of and U.S. Inc., both. I would just get it so I can be anywhere in the country. Uh, who would you get to sign on it? Well, whoever wants their right declared, it's an individual thing. So, oh. I mean, if, if, Todd, if Todd wanted it, well, then Todd, go to court, uh, seek a declaratory judgment, and you have the right to freedom of speech on any public thoroughway or easement. Um, and then uh, the defendant would be whatever state you're in, in U.S. Inc. Um, and, of course, they can't deny it or they're in absolute violation of the First Amendment. I'd like to see him rule against that right. Um, and then walk around with a court judgment. Okay, uh, the court judgment. Case law. Oh, okay. That would be a, yeah. like in a circuit court. Uh, yeah, it depends. It, it's a federal issue, yeah. so you could walk into a district court. That would make it nationwide. If you go to a state court, it would be statewide at best. Just depends on how far you wanted to go. Yeah. Okay. I, I have an issue uh, again studying studying uh, what is it? Title eighteen, um, rule fifty four. It doesn't recognize any of the uh, the federal courts in any of the states. Well, that, uh, none of them exist. They're they're all wrong. It's the district court of the United States is the proper congressionally approved title, venue, oh, and okay. jurisdiction. Okay. So the district United States district courts are in fact de facto right. and without law, but you can title it and put it in the venue you want and if they try to change it, correct it. 
I did it. Uh, every okay. time they sent me something back, they tried to switch venue. I said, no, 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 that's not where I filed it. Yeah, I don't yeah, care right. what you say. Yeah, you got to correct them. Okay. If you don't, no. you've agreed by acquiescence oh, and yeah. silence to it switching Absolutely. a venue, and then you're likely to lose if, if you allow them to switch venue. They're running a dual capacity. They, the, that republic, so-called republic, is still there. We just don't put them in it. Okay. Now, okay, a district court uh, of, of, the, of the United States would be in that federal building? It would be the same place you go for everything else. Remember, I mean, you walk in, you can switch from equity to law to admiralty all in the same building because it's all blended. It's the same judge. I mean, um, so it's the same building, same judges, just put them in a different venue like and they do you. Be, okay, yeah, this would be a United States uh, judge, not not a local. Uh, well, I would, I would want a federal because, it's a, first off, it's a federal issue. Second off, that federal declaratory judgment would cover you in, anywhere in the nation. Yeah, okay. All if right. it was a state court, you're covered in the state and that's it. I don't know what he wants. I mean, if he just wants the state, then walk into a state court. But then you need to look at the statutes or session laws, as Miss Anna calls them, and you need to find exactly what it was called by the legislature and make sure you enter it into that venue. I see. Okay. Because it's all about venues and jurisdictions and law forms. Right. You have, if, you, if you claim to be, even a citizen has the right to pick the venue. Right. We're just not smart enough to pick the venue that was uh, constitutionally authorized at best. I mean, I hate to use that term even because the Constitution's void. But, I mean, if you're, if you're going to walk in there and play with them, you know, let's at least try to get it to what it was originally, not what was post-33 uh, or, in West Virginia's case, post-31. So when you're talking about venues, that that has to do with the court case caption matter, right? Uh, yeah, that's the caption yeah. portion there. Yeah, and they'll 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 respond and they'll try to switch it, and that's when you have to refuse their response and their order, whatever it is. You send it back to them, um, and you you give a correction. As a matter of fact, my reservation page uh, gives an automatic correction. Uh, for both plaintiff and defendant before they even start. We just tell them, look, you're going to try. We know you're going to try, and you can't say it's automatic or it's a automated system. This is what it is, and any change is, is a um, – it's attempted enslavement. Uh, it's personage. Um, you know, it could be an act of piracy if, if any property is involved, including your rights. Um, there's a whole lot of angles and a whole lot of liability uh, if they try to change it. Also called anarchy. Um, sedition, insurrection, yeah. treason. Going against your oath is treason, according to their own case law. Right. That's called, called a misprison? No, that's when you report a crime and they don't do anything about it. Then they're guilty of misprision. Right. Do you have something uh, available to look at for uh, the, the creation of a declaratory judgment? Or yeah, you have you have one, and it, the okay. one you have is about a contract. Do we have a contractual connection? Okay. 
right. and all you do is just change it to whatever right you're wanting. I was wanting the right to know whether or not I had a contract in place with an entity, so that's the angle of it. Oh, okay. So you do have one. Yep. Um, and if you if you if you are comfortable with U.S. code and and state code, they are codified now, declaratory judgments. But I use the law of custom, so I don't reference any code whatsoever. Hmm. And I mean, while you're in there, you might as well leave that contractual thing in place because if there's no contract, they really can't interface with you. So I mean, I would leave the contract in place and add whatever other right you want. Recognize. Right. Yeah, right, right. While you're there, I mean, go ahead and kill two birds with one stone. Sure. Yeah, they couldn't uh, demand anything uh, from you unless they had a contract. Correct. So. And, the, and the relief and remedy for the contract is already there, um, including the surety. I think it's surety, guarantor, acceptor, accommodating party status, and all this other crap they use. Um, yeah. So you can try to preempt even the arrest. You know, that would be a kidnapping and unlawful imprisonment. And if they had a gun on them, then it's kidnapping with arms, which is punishable by death um, under their own, their own statutes. 1790 Act of Congress, that's the best one to reference. That has the um, has 19 or 20 federally cognizable crimes. Wouldn't it also come under uh, the, let's see, the Fourth Amendment, where a warrant shall issue? Well, that is, um, that is unless they, I mean, if they witness, uh, even a citizen has a right to arrest witnessing of a crime. So they would have the right, if they're witnessing you to commit a crime, to do it without warrant or subpoena or any legal instrument. There would have to be a but damaged he, party. Well, he would have to try to claim, yeah, a damaged party damaged in some party. manner. Right. So I, I, that's why I'm thinking the warrant. But remember that sovereign is a damaged party under the laws of England. It's called they call it breach of peace, um, and and that's where the king was allowed to enact malum prohibitum jurisdiction, which of course was passed to us. And uh, has right. never been. The courts have never said that the Congress or legislatures did not have a right to to pass malum prohibitum, and that's what all these victimless crimes are malum prohibitum. And so that's why the Patriots' argument fails: no victim, no crime. That's not the case because the the sovereign or the state or U.S. Inc. is claiming to be the victim, and they can appear by agent or representation. And that's just under the laws of England. So that's why a lot of the Patriots' arguments fail, no victim, no crime, because you're not understanding it's malum prohibitum. Uh, mm. And then there's no, there's no um, limitation on that. There's, it was not said that Congress can't do that. If you're a sovereign, of course you have the right to do that. You're the sovereign. If the king wanted your head off, uh, he said your head's off, and the king can do no wrong. There's a maxim of law. King is the sovereign. So victimless is not really victimless per se. Um, the, the sovereign has a right uh, to make those crimes. The, the key is do they have the explicit contractual authority to implement it, and I deny that they do. Well, the government that we call government today 
only exercises its presence under corporate umbrella. That's all it is. But it is the sovereign at this time because it's in control. So in law, it's considered the sovereign. Well, until, you, until, you replace, un, until you replace the civil authority, which is what they're exercising, they would be the sovereign. Now, if you implemented a civil authority, um, then they could no longer claim to be the sovereign. Then they would be completely corporate. That's why a lot of the arguments fail. Well, under the uh, Foreign Sovereign Immunity Act, that, that wouldn't quite apply because it would be a matter that... Uh, the true um, sovereignty resides in the people, not government. Yeah, but who's the people? I mean, if you look at it from a creditor-debtor perspective, the people were the founding fathers, the signatories to the document, and their posterity, not necessarily you. Depends on how you look at it. Well, again, we could not, we can't be the debtor. We have to be the creditor. We've not been paid for anything in our whole life. Well, you, uh, but you're under occupation, so you're an enemy and therefore a debtor. Then, but again, here, here we go again. Because of and once again, the sovereignty is who has the most guns in international yeah. law. Yeah. So I, they, I, they, they're I sovereign. You're Correct. an enemy. I'm just telling you the facts of yeah. it, and yeah. now really. you can work your way around it. I mean, but every argument you make, I'm giving you the argument from the government. And, of course, they win 90% of the time if you use those angles. That's why the Patriot arguments fail a lot by the Patriots. That's why. Does any – a quick question. Does any one of the um, citizens retain the sovereignty of the, uh, the you know, the people? Well, you, you, you really couldn't. Uh, you can't. So you're saying – so one person – You, you one can't. Person, okay. Well, I was going to say, you can't, you can't have two sovereigns in the same place at the same time. Either the government's sovereign or you're sovereign. You I mean, can't have well, two. See that, now, this is, this, is, this is, I think, a logical fallacy. What you just said, that statement is a logical fallacy. But I will – if you want an explanation well, – no, no, go ahead because I want to know how two sovereigns can be present in the same place at the same time. Because that, that's violating even the laws of physics. So I would uh, – yes, please – um, destroy that fallacy. You're saying guns guns make the sovereign. Is that what you're saying? At this, under under the doctrine of conquest, that's and that's really all man's ever operated by. Okay. How how does the constitutional uh, mandates? Uh, how can you circumvent those when Article Four, Section Two, citizen has privileges and immunity? Now, but that, they didn't define them. I, Maybe your privilege is to be the slave. They didn't define privilege and immunity, did they? They haven't, <laughs> they haven't defined yeah. it either way. They can't if, define it if, either way. Okay, let's put it this way. Under international excellent, law, excellent point, sir. Good point. Okay, I'm going to destroy it right now. Under international <laughs> law, which, which is um, uh, what the founding fathers tried to construct this country under, had to be according to international law or nobody would have recognized it. So under international law, the law of England was here before the revolution. So the law stays in place until the occupier alters or repeals it explicitly. So everything in effect in England, because they were English subjects, is in effect here until it is specifically altered or repealed. Specifically. 
That's, that's the law of conquest and then the law of venue and law form under conquest. And you can evidence that by Louisiana because they still have French laws on the books that they enforce because it's never been altered or repealed. So you have to look at the whole of England's laws, and I think the best book for the most part was Blackstone's Commentaries from 1750-something. And if you look at that, um, you have sovereignty. And, of course, in England, there aren't ten kings running around. There's one king, and the rest are subjects. Now, some may be granted privileges or immunities, but those are given by sovereign letters patent, not assumed and not presumed. Right, right, right. So if you have privileges and immunities according to Article 4, Section 2, what were they? They weren't in there. Well, I'd like to I'll just read the definition out of Black's Law 4, privileges. A particular and peculiar benefit or advantage enjoyed by a person, company, or class beyond the common advantages of other citizens. Right. An exceptional or extraordinary power or exemption. Correct. Now, exemption so is exactly what, what specifically did Article 4, Section 2 say? What, did, what immunity or privilege did it give you? It didn't define it. It doesn't have to. It's an automatic so immunity. So what, what is it then? It's got to be an immunity from the corporate structure. Because well, that's, well, if that's the case, then your Constitution's dead because it was corporate. Well, no, they gave themselves an out. They know that they're uh, Article 4, Section 2 citizens with privileges and immunity. And they have liberty. And liberty is, is one who's not subject to anything. Now, again, I, I, I do see that there's a relevance to who we, how we associate ourselves as to what class of citizen we're talking about. Well, a citizen oh. is a citizen is a citizen and is no, defined in no, international uh-uh. law as a no. subject. Well, no, 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 no. This, this, the article for citizen okay. is, the, no, is no, not a subject. Tell me exactly the exact definition that the Constitution provides, not what a law dictionary, what did the Constitution say? It didn't define what a citizen was. So you have to look at the usage of words at that time. And at that time, citizen, subject, and national were all the same. Where, you, where would you find that, that evidence? Uh, of the definitions of... Subject, well, citizen, and national, a law dictionary from about 1760 would do you pretty good. Okay, but we're you're, try, with... you're trying to interpret it into today's terms. It wasn't written on today's terms. It was written well, on the terms of the day, which you're, you're doing what the de facto does. They define it according to today's terms, and even contract law doesn't allow that. Contract law, it has to be of the place and the time that it was enacted. I, uh, I, I guess my presumption is, is that the writers, the authors of that particular document, the Constitution, uh, had in mind a class of citizen that would actually uh, protect their interests because 
uh, when, when I see when I read the um, preamble to that this constitution, um, it it speaks to the the whole uh, realm of we the people of the United States. Yeah, but who's who's we the people? Well, of the United States. Right. Who's we the people? I'll tell you who we the people is if you want. United States. Wait a minute, oh, sir. You're, there is nothing. Your words ambiguous. You said corporate. That's ambiguous. When, and when, also, it, says, when it says United States, hold on one second. Corporate. Let's do this. Let's do this. One thing at a time, right? I want to address that one thing you brought up. Where, who are Go the, ahead. Who, are, who is we the people? Yes, who are the we the people? Where is the right. definition of that in that contract? You know, we the people is actually reserved to loyal constituents. That's pretty ambiguous too, isn't it, when I say it like that? I know. The people, the, 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 you, and, you're and proving so my I'm, point. I'm, well, I'm doing it on purpose. See, the ambiguities work in our favor we can use those ambiguities to work in our favor. You see what I'm saying? But right, but what you're trying to say is that there's no body politic, no politically organized, uh, you know, people here, and that's just not the way. That's okay, not the so case. you have the right to decide whether or not, because I reside on Earth, I am subject to you or your mm -hmm. beliefs. No, I don't have that right. Nope. Okay, then, then. Who are the people that that are party to that contract? The signatories. Well, I mean, in common I'm, law, I'm just going on basic basic in, contract in common law, law. In common law, right? If you walk through someone else's tribe, tribal area, right? You'd probably be subject to some of the uh, you know little co you know rules of their little community or whatnot. If if they're if it's jog day jogging day and the whole tribe is out jogging and you just happen to be there, you might get you know, stomped on or, or ran over, you know, but if so you weren't again, there on that day, back to but it's there, again, it comes down to you knowing what you're getting into. No, it has, sir, what? if you don't mind, if I'm, an imperial I know, if approach, I'm born here, yeah. if I'm born here, what right does anybody have to say I have to do anything if I'm born here? Yeah. If I'm born in an area, well, I don't care if there's a whole tribe there. The only way you can say or have a right to do it is right. under force. That's one way of looking at things, sir. But um, again, like we, we we have. I mean, I understand your creative political. Excuse me. I'm just trying to get this one sentence out, and then I'll shut up. <laughs> um, the the whole thing about being a loyal constituent. Uh, as one of the people, that goes all the way down to the local level, to you in your little township, common law township, or you in your little city status, you know, as a citizen of the municipality and resident and all that. Like, that, that is what, who is we the people, okay? And, and we the people is different in different jurisdictions. So, you're, you're, you know, you're, you need to be able to break things down to, to a point to where we can really comprehend or it's just going to sound way too ambiguous. You know what I'm saying? May I add something? Well, to that? Let me just add, add something. Yeah, you, go ahead. Because uh, I understand I contract this, law, we, and you're trying to bind me to a contract I don't agree to. Yeah, here, here we the people of the United States in order to perform to comport, uh, this more perfect union. Uh, for, then it says, do ordain and establish this constitution for the United States of America. I see a distinction between two venues, 
we the people of the United States who are signers on the, on the Constitution, they did this for the United States of America. To me, I, I, I see two, two opposite entities, two, two disassociated, disassociated entities, one foreign to the other. We're, we're talking about uh, stuff, things that were done in Washington under the, under the guidelines of British influence. They did something for the United States of America. And when we say we are, we, are uh, we the people talking about ourselves, I don't see that at all. I see the we the people are of the United States. They did what they did for the United States of America. It doesn't say anything about we the people are in the United States of America. No. I see a completely two different venues. Anyway, I gotta throw that in. I just um, I think there's something miss, missing here if we don't see the difference because I believe this Constitution is a genius piece of material that protects the rights of the insiders. Amen. Yeah, yeah. I've, I haven't seen that in effect in this country ever in its history. So it's a it's a nice belief and hope. But it hasn't been reality. Well, well, I, you know, know, I just call your attention you guys, to that. Um, just, I wanted to say that you know, common law is a very real aspect of American law. Are you denying common law exists here in um, America? Yeah, in, in America. In America, I'm not even. I'm not trying to say. Are, are you talking common the law? commoner's law, or are you talking sovereign's law? Well, there, those are two different things. The, so right. No, you know what, I don't do recognize you, do you know what, law, re, sir, sir, if you don't mind. Because that's do you, commoner. Do you know what repugnancy is? Oh, absolutely. So you know that anything repugnant to the Constitution of the United States or to the state no, of California... No, I, I know your arguments. I've destroyed them in court over and over again. Well, first of all, you're talking about repugnancy here and common law... No, there's no is, repugnancy. Who's the sovereign? Who's the real sovereign? Because well, you said you could prove there can be two sovereigns in the same place at the same time. I'm telling you who the sovereign is. It's no, no. Well, either the state, the either the state is, or the people are. You can't have both. Or the, the state United can't be the sovereign. Well, sovereignty. See, the thing about sovereignty is that that's a wrong word to use. That's the wrong word. You know, there's another word that that ex to exercise. Uh, the actual same intent that sovereignty implies, and um, I think it's autonomous. And a lot of the times, at, on, during you know, with local government or state government, you're dealing with um, the area of autonomy, you know. And so this this area of autonomy supplies a, a a certain amount of would be sovereignty, but it's it's actually enough, uh, not enough to actually fully create a sovereign. So there's really no one that is truly sovereign here, but there are semi, uh, there's, uh, you know, autonomous and, uh, political bodies, uh, entities and, and, and constituents that when, you know, when they you make the right moves, you actually do carry a, a particular autonomous character about yourself, you know? Well, the state the government could hardly be the sovereign when if it operates only upon the consent of the governed. Well, let's let's take for example this, my friend. How let's can it be? Your, can your be state, if your state is sovereign, right? Why then is it does it have to come to the Supreme Court to answer for its unconstitutional acts or actions? 
because it's not sovereign. The only one that's sovereign is the people, really, truly. That's right. Well, you just said who is sovereign, the Supreme Court, because that's who they answer to. But who is, who created the Supreme Supreme Court? Court? Yeah. (laughs) Who created the Supreme Court? The founding fathers, the signatories to the contract (laughs) created it. Yeah, and so we have to pick up the torch, and if law changes a little bit, or the... I know, but did you sign it? Have you ever signed any of the constitutions? If not, how are you a party Do you know what a charter is? To that agreement? I can... Well, see, the thing about it is you make yourself a party. We can make ourselves a party to right. to the constituency. You can accept the liabilities and or limited benefits. Absolutely. Well, what are you getting? You're, you're approaching it from a negative perspective, though. You're, are you a statist or, not, or no statist? You don't I have am, states, right? I am free from the entire corporate and or right. sovereign structure of limit imposed upon free men on earth. I recognize earth. Right, so you're not loyal to any one body politic. Uh, I do not worship false idols, no. No, Okay. That's That's cool. I'm just wondering. Nope. It's a totally different perspective than the one I'm taking. I mean, everybody's free to worship a false idol because that's really what it is. Even a body politic is a fiction. Well, even the corporation itself is defined as a religious institution. <laughs> Whoopee. Right. Well, there's yeah, civil, I, reli- civil religion, right? And that is your whole entire loyalty. And so what you, is, you know, what, what's the base of religion? Religion. That's a military yeah. term. Yeah. Well, you know, there's nothing wrong. Everything is good. You know, if you have to think about some stuff right now. Oh, we it's not good. Position. I've spent a year and a half in solitary for speaking my mind. It ain't fucking uh, good. You can't say it's good. It's everything all is good. good. Yeah, you can't it say is. it's good. You think that things don't happen for good? Uh, a year and a half in solitary confinement has no good benefit. I I have to agree, though. If we had, yeah. uh, if we got. If we got the biggest guns, we've got sovereign. Yes, that's it. That's that's what it comes down to. And that's you know, it's, 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 it's what it's always been. That's always been that way. Yep. Yeah. It's always yeah. Been that way. Hey guys, um, this is Todd. I, I just want to let you know I've never been into politics. I've never been into studying the past and and the history of the Constitution and and all this stuff, you guys. It falls right in line with what I do believe. You know, I don't say the Pledge of Allegiance of the flag. I'm not a Texan. I follow Jesus Christ. I there you go. I believe the word of God. And I feel more in tune and in love with a guy in China who is a Christian than I do with a person sitting in these 501c3s every Sunday. Yeah, I agree. Um, Absolutely. And, I agree. And yeah. you know what? You know, we can't pledge to the government, to the state, to a flag, and to Christ. You can't so have two I masters. Do, yeah, that's no, right. And so that's I, I really do appreciate you guys, and I, and I hear what you're saying, and I love the fact that you guys can, you know, sharpen each other. Uh, iron sharpens iron, and you're very encouraging to me, because I feel very alone um, oftentimes, and uh, you know, I just want to be obedient to Christ, you know. So, 
Um, I I really do appreciate listening to you guys. It's been a real honor. And I'm not leaving or nothing. I just wanted to chime in and, and say that. So thank you guys. Well, you, you have one that believes in the same way that you do, but I am forced by others to um, follow their beliefs instead at the barrel of a gun. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I agree. Yeah. <clears throat> well, I think I think Jesus I think Jesus took issue with that, and um, when he came before Pilate, you know, he Pilate asked him at the end. He said, "Well, what is the truth?" And yeah. I, I believe that's something we're all faced with. Pilate is asking, "What's the truth?" And so all the paperwork we send their way. Establishing the boundaries and the limits and the dynamics of what truth is, they look at it and um, they look at that piece of paper and it's like a gorilla. Say, well, right. they've got better purposes for that piece of paper. Right. They can wipe their butt with it. Sometimes I'm questioning whether or not uh, we're going to we're winding up. We're proving a point that. We didn't get here in the United States without um, some specific effort on people before us that gave our lives for what we've got today. Right. So, what if, what if, what if the masses of those that gave their lives gave it in a misguided and ill-founded belief when there were a few that were just conning them? Yep. Yep. Mm. That's that's happening today. You had, you had 18, 18 million, I believe it was lira, in outstanding debt before yep. the articles were constructed, and therefore the articles were a creditor-debtor relationship, and they were a further creditor-debtor relationship by the Constitution. I believe it was in Article 6, was it not, where the previous debts were recognized and honored. So you have two documents based upon a creditor-debtor relationship, and they only talked about debts, which made you a debtor to someone or something else. Right. So how can you be sovereign as a debtor? You can't. You can't. So was it fraud? Yeah, I think, I think uh, if you really truly look and stuck with the hopes and beliefs, you'll see that it was all fraud and it was for yeah. these, the benefit of a select few, and that's uh, it. Absolutely, absolutely. We the people of the United States. Well, no, because that's not uh, – if it was a debtor, creditor debtor, the Constitution was a debt agreement you owed. So they yeah. brought you in to collect. But they brought us in, right, they, exactly. But the we the people are not from America. We the people are from the United States. Um, the United States is actually a corporation formed in the early 1700s. Yeah. Look for the corporate charter. Absolutely. So every time you saw the Constitution in the body of it where it said United States, you were referring to a French corporation. That's right. Absolutely. And the entire document, the, it only says United States of America only one time. So That's actually right. under contract law, that makes the whole document void. Yeah. Yeah. Once again, well, contract law destroys it. Well, yeah, because it's void, because there's no law they can put in place that violates a contract. So if you and I have a contract to do something and we can do what we want by contract, you can't put a law that would circumvent our right to contract. Unless you were who a debtor. Needs, who needs the Constitution? 
No, you don't. It's, it's, uh, the Constitution is a, um, was a form of enslavement that was yeah. cleverly designed and used against a mostly illiterate nation of people. Correct. Absolutely. And that is why I abhor it, and I abhor the patriots that um, worship a uh, a flag or a name. Because yeah. those same patriots are the ones that allowed me to lose um, a lot of time out of my life that can never be <laughs> regained. I did about six years of my time out of it. Yeah, so. I know. Well, the best you can do is try to hold them to the terms of it and try to separate yourself. But uh, at the Absolutely. best, the best you're doing that is uh, is presenting a claim and liability. And absent knowing how to enforce that liability, uh, you end up with no results for anything. That's right. That's right. That's what I see. Yep. Yep. You got to have. You can't if you don't enforce it. There's no law worth anything unless a man's willing to die for it. And there's a lot of people who have um, done exactly that, paid the price, and the beast keeps right on moving along. Correct. So I, I do hope Charles does well in Oregon, but I think that uh, he'll be visiting a prison very soon if he tries what he's thinking. Because 12 won't stop the army. No. No. Uh, and I did warn him, so at least I have a clear conscience. Well, everybody has a unique mission in this life. The learning curve is first directed to the person with a presumed direction. We have to learn. Well, I, I call it free will choice. That's right. You have the right to be ignorant, stupid, smart, intelligent, whatever you want to be. I don't care. Yeah. But the learning curve also is, is noted by the, those who observe it also. And so you can gain from the experience of others without being the, part of the damaged party, but you can observe it and say, whoops, next time maybe uh, we got to do it differently. Yeah, trying to arrest the ones that have all the guns when you only have 12 uh, doesn't work. I proved it. Doesn't it doesn't work. No, no. Mm -hmm. I proved it. But I've got um, a call I've got to make, so um, is there anything else you need? I, I would recommend to him, uh, if he wants to go around free speech, get a declaratory judgment, walk with a judgment. All right. Uh, I think that's, that's, that's what he should do, if he, if he wants to pursue it. I mean, um, you know, if you want to go around talking and not end up in handcuffs, get a judge to say you have that right. Otherwise, right. you don't have it. All right. We'll be working much. on that. Say again, Shorty. I said we'll be working on that. Yeah, that's the only thing I can see. Otherwise, you're going to sit in cuffs, and next time you may actually end up in prison for a little while. So, um, you know, you got off light this time. They didn't even book you um, and charge you for the time. Um, right. Next time, they might not be so nice. No, yeah. that's right. Yeah. I think you know that this is one of the reasons why I've taken the time in the last uh, I don't know four and a half years to sit down and start dissecting everything that needs to be dissected because I see this brother get arrested for preaching on the sidewalk, praying on the sidewalk, 
down in front of the strip clubs, uh, out there running around in their truth trucks, uh, down in front of the abortion clinics, out in front of the schools and all kinds of stuff. You know, and it, it just uh, uh, seems to be no limit of the injustice, you know. And so I'm trying to make a way where there seems to be no way. Um, well, it'll continue. They have more guns. And, you know, even if you have a supposed bill of right, um, they don't have to honor it because they have more guns. They can just tell you to go fly, fly off a cliff. <clears throat> you need, you need, uh, you need more people. You need more people doing something. Right. And that's what we're putting this community together is to try to get decent people and teach them how to do litigation. All right. Well, good luck with um, uh, um, Friday's affair there, and um, give me a quick call sometime Friday evening and let me know how it went. I'll do in that. In case there might be some other things that we may need to uh, file or something, just in case. Okay. All right. You guys have a good evening. Great Thank talk, you by the way. God bless you guys, too. There you go. All right. Bye. That'd be interesting to have a copy of that if you get one made up. Yeah, yeah. I think it'd be worthwhile to put something together. And yes. um, let's, let's start something. We'll get something together and then have um, Ghost take a look at it. Yes, yes, absolutely. Yeah. Anything from uh, uh, the Gerards? Jake, you on? Jay? He's on. He must just be muted. He got Anything himself you got muted. For me, Shorty, that, I, that you want me to do at this point? Just hang tight. <laughs> Who's this? This is Todd. No, that's, uh, I think we pretty much got to the crux of what we need to do to you. We'll be, uh, Looking into this, of course, I got court on Friday and on Monday, but then after that, uh, then we have the aftermath of what we're trying to do there, and uh, it could be kind of touchy, but I think we got most of our eyes and P's crossed, so, you know, after uh, Monday, then uh, we can uh, figure out how to work forward on this. I think... uh, um, uh, I'm kind of dumbfounded right now. Andrew, Andrew may have a document that we can use and we can start working on that and uh, okay. see what we can come up with for you. All right. But, All right. I'll talk to you soon then. Good luck and God bless you guys. Okay. Thank but you. I'm still going to need that information I asked your buddy for, okay? Yep. We, we got it. We'll have it shortly. So we uh, okay. applied for it today. So All right. Thank you. Bye. You're welcome. Hey, Jake, you on?
Well, if there's not much more going on, I think I'm going to call it a night. Yeah. We just had someone come on from southwest Michigan. Oh, really? Another one from southern Illinois. <laughs> Do we have Randall on there? Um, it's either Randall or Jonas. Yes, can you hear us? Can you hear me? Yes, can you hear Randall? It's Jonas. Am I muted or are we unmuted? You're good. <clears throat> ah, there you go. Yeah, we're both on here. Oh, good. How's our uh, our working man? <laughs> well, we're we're here. Yeah, I was out here listening, trying to get these documents printed off. But that one document that you got, Shorty, that you put the notice and demand, it it does not let us print off the complete document on that. Oh, I think yeah. One it right there. If you if you push it in to print the notice and demand, it only puts the D E M A and half of the N on demand, and it doesn't even give us the last word letter on there. Wow. Hey, uh, Marvin. Yes, Marvin. Yeah. Need a copy of that notice and demand that I sent you so they can uh, print it. You want me to resend it to them? Yeah. Just forward okay. what you got to Jonas. Okay, I'll do that right now. <clears throat> the whole, the rest of the whole letter looks good, but when I go to print it, everything prints off good except where you put notice and demand letter in big bold. It like shoots that clean off of the edge of the page. It won't even print the big bold letters, but the rest of the page all looks good. Uh, let's see here. Yep, my, well, you I might want to shrink that down a little bit. The only thing you have to shrink down is notice and demand a letter so it stays in with the rest of the page because right. every time it does it, have it, does it have at the top in the county of Clay in the state of Illinois? Yes. And then it has a date? Yes. The rest of the page is all perfect just the way it comes when you get the email, except notice and demand of the letter. It, it explodes the notice and demand, and it doesn't put on the rest of the word demand and letter when I go to print it. But the rest of the page is perfect. Well, you may, have to, you may have to throw it on a jump drive and then take it to an office printing place and then have them to print that document. Everything is good except that big bold, when I go to print it, it, it blows the big bold up as if like you didn't have it locked in when you 
finalized it. It wants to explode it some more before you print it. I've got the document open, and it's there. Yeah, it's there until you turn it over to go ahead and print, and then it wants to blow up the notice and demand a whole lot bigger yet. And that's it. The rest of the page looks stays the same, but that notice and demand. Okay, so so what's the deal with the rest of the documents? That's the only problem I got is just that them three okay, words. But, but you got other documents that have the same thing on it. No. No, I don't think so. Yeah, because that, that word notice and demand is a word art that I put in there. And uh, just a second, I'm backing up in my other emails, opening them up. No. I don't have none of them that look like this one. There's an affidavit of facts. Can you print the first page on it? Well, I was going to check and see if I can do it on my phone, but I don't know if I can. I don't know. I have to play with it. I just sent it to you, Jonah. All right. Okay, um, it's coming in right now. Okay. Okay, I'm going to open this one up and try this. Check and see. Uh-huh. Yours is staying in. Let me try it. I'm going to check and see if it stays in there. Why is that? Yep, I didn't want to stay in there. No, it done the same thing. It kicked the notice and demand. It exploded it when I shot it on over to my printer. I may see she's going through the printer right now, and I'll be able to tell you. Same thing. <laughs> same, same ordeal. Everything else in that letter stays stays the way it's supposed to, except some big bold letters right there where it says notice and demand letter. Okay, it's, try to print try to print the certificate of service. I did. That that come out all right. The affidavit of wait a second, is that all it's supposed to be just affidavit of? Let me go back here and check. No, affidavit of facts did the same thing. It shot my facts off. It just says affidavit of and facts. It shoots it on off the edge of the page. You're going to have to take it and put it on the jump drive, and you're going to have to go to a printer, or you're going to have to find a printer that has an email address and call Marvin and have Marvin to forward it to their email so they can download it and print it. 
And you can't take a Dare Marvin and pack it to where it stays there. I don't know nothing about that. You don't have to worry. You, you, your program is not allowing you to to open it up and print it the way that it should be. You're going to have to go to a printer. That's why I suggested that we get early on on this stuff, you know. Yeah. Find a printer in your area, and then you're going to have to call Marvin to have him email it because... Uh, I might be able to email it. Well, it's something that you're, you've done to it. I don't know what it is. No, it's the nothing like, it's, it's, your, it's called your program. Your program is not allowing uh, word art to be identified. Okay. Hey, Jonas, you want me to try it on my printer? Yeah, try it on your printer. Somebody else try it and check and see if it does the same thing because I ain't never had this do it on all the other. Well, I just printed uh, a document that has word art up there, court paper notes and references, and it's there. Print it off. Did you did you try the certificate of notice? Where is that certificate of notice? Or certificate of service. Certificate of service. You got it in there. I'm going I'm going to print it on mine. I'm just handing it over. All right, here it is. Certificate of Service and Law. Did you print it? Yes. And so yes. what happened? Certificate of service got knocked off. I just printed it on mine. It's all there. Why would the rest of the page be good when that is? Because your program can't read everything. It, it should when the rest of the whole page is just the uh, way it is. I'm sorry, that's just the way that it is.
I might try a complete different route on this and check and see what happened. It looks like it might. Yeah, I might have to find. We're gonna have to find a printer and have them to print that. I know, I'm sorry. Don't get wild. I got it figured out. I had to go total a different route around to print off of email, and it works. Now I got certificate of service all on the same page. Okay. Yeah, like, I just had to go the different a different route around. Okay. And hold it. I was always taking a shortcut across, and I was printing everything out, and it come out the same way. But the only problem, it was taking certificate of service and blowing it up bigger to where it shot service right off of the end. It didn't even print service; it just put certificate of on there. Okay. Same joke or deal thing. Okay. Try this. Maybe. You know how to print individual papers? Yeah. Okay.
shouldn't be on it. I was talking to him earlier this afternoon. He said he was going to try and be on, but I don't know if he got counteracted or not. Has I hear the sound of victory. Print all of it. Just the face. I should have just held the face paper. Mm-hmm. Oh, well. Mm-hmm. I'm not doing 100 pages then. I'm going to go through another 100. <laughs> Can you walk back to printer when it calls that thing? I think prints a lot of stuff. <laughs> you know, one, two, three boxes full of papers right in this year. There's, um, Hey, Shorty. Yeah. On that affidavit of facts, on that line there where you tell me to put the amount, what she owes me, it's not yeah. long enough. Should I, can I put it right underneath of it? Yep, as long as you put it in that area. Okay. I realized that. I tell you what, I did what I could this morning, you know, and I was on it late last night, so. It always seems like every court case I get involved in, we're at the 11 o'clock hour, you know. Yeah. If anyone needs any proofreading or um, editing, I can do that. This is Donaldson. I'm really, really good at legal writing. The problem, Donaldson, is that we're going to be in court on Friday, and he's in one area and I'm in another area. He's coming to get me tomorrow, and then I'm going to spend... um, Thursday, prepping for court, and I'm going in to record everything in court. I have a little pencil pocket um, recorder that records audio and video, and it'll record up to two hours worth of battery time and four hours worth of record time on the story. Well, that's cool. Yeah, man. Oh, yeah. long time to, that's a long time. You're going to probably capture a lot of valuable information, you know, being said. Um, I, I, got I, another, I got another guy coming down from Michigan, and, and he told me he had left Chicago, so it'll be another couple hours. I got to go pick him up, and he's going into court with us. Oh, that's cool, man. And and what's your status claim? You're just saying you guys are man or what? Yeah. That's funny. No, it's, it's probably going to work. You know? Oh, of course. The courts are so bogged down right now. I mean, they just, they have so much stuff to do. They, they would just rather get rid of the case, which is, you know, than, than, than deal with it. You know, in a lot of times. Don't you? Probably, yeah. in, bigger, probably in bigger cities. Yeah. We, that, we I wish did you the best. Let me ask you: Are you the documents. petitioner or the plaintiff? Or the, 
Grievant. The Grievant? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Four documents? All right, go ahead. Yeah, we did four documents in the... um, we put the judge on notice. We put the state attorney on notice. We put her attorney on notice. And then we put the court on notice today. And uh, tomorrow morning, we're doing an affidavit of facts, a notice and demand, and an instruction letter to the attorney to come clean or otherwise be a co-conspirator to theft by deception. Once he gets a half a David of facts and the notice and the man with items listed, he can't say, well, they're just making this up, you know, is one or two items. We got twenty two items. Yo, well how did you how did you uh, learn about this process that you're doing with the filings and petitions? I mean the motions and stuff, you know? Well, it's been over the years, you know, uh, studying. It, it just takes a while. This notice and demand, the last time I did this, uh, the people, they hired an attorney. And so we put the notice and demand in on a Thursday. And on a Monday, I called to see if they had heard back from her. And she said, yeah, they hired an attorney. I said, well, send me a stuff. And so then I put the attorney on notice, and then the attorney responded and said, well, I don't have any evidence stating why I should uh, uh, advise my client to settle with you. So I said, oh, you want that? So I gave it to him. And then he was willing to settle, but he wanted to sign a release. And then the release needed one more sentence added to it for us to sign it. That means that we would agree to terms from this point forward. In other words, we were already bad-mouthing them, told our daughter, told our sisters, you know, told our neighbors, you know. And so we couldn't be quiet, you know. All we had to do is just say from this point forward, and he wouldn't do it. And so then I put a final notice before legal action in there, and... uh he called her up personally and said, here, come and get the money. Although my client doesn't admit to doing any wrong, he sees it's easier to settle as an alternative to pay me $150 an hour to try to resolve this. And so she got all her money, $335 back. <laughs> yeah, right, because it's over three hours of work. And if you win, then they have to you they have to pay attorney's fees to you, and it's costly. Yeah. And attorney's fees are one hundred and fifty dollars an hour. That's right. She oh, told, you're good. She, she told me. She says, "I got the money. I cashed it. It's all mine. I can't believe we did it." She says, "I feel like I owe you something. What do I owe you?" I said, "You don't owe me nothing." I said, if you want to do something, find someone in your community that has a need and do something for them. Just pass it on. So let me get this straight. You you jumped in on a a, a someone's case to help them out. Yeah. 
Okay, so what kind of case? What kind of claim, case was it? It was uh, faulty auto repair. It was an insurance claim, huh? No, it wasn't even the insurance. It didn't involve the insurance. Just looked at the company only. Yeah. <laughs> that's interesting. That that is interesting. Yeah, that's true. I mean, they probably, yeah. <clears throat> Well, congratulations. Don't you love it when stuff works out? When stuff it works out and you, you you know what you're doing, you know, you just do the right thing and uh, you get you know, you know, you get paid and you also get get made. So. Well, you know the the thing of it is is that uh when you put God in the equation, things happen. I'm I think the interesting thing Right. Well, what, here's the interesting thing about that is that it is an intellectual argument to to do the same thing you just said, is to put God in it is actually an area of law that exists that is respected and protected. So, it, you know, in some ways, if you were intellectually profound and, and logical and you could see... Um, the strategy of using, um, you know, God as a platform for your come from, where you're going to be coming from, your perspective on, on law and life, then strategically speaking, it has a lot of advantages if you were trying to circumvent sovereign, you know, uh, um, um, adversity coming at you, some adversity coming from somewhere, you know. So it's strategic and it's smart to use that argument, you know. And uh, nevertheless, we need to respect every religion. So what do you have on the argument driving versus traveling? There's only one guy. Well, traveling interstate, there is no guaranteed right to move around except by God, right? So when it comes to traveling, it doesn't even imply moving from going from state to state. It has more to do with interstate travel or commerce, and that's an area of federal law that the states generally don't get involved in because of the common law. This is why it's strictly a federal issue, interstate, tra interstate commerce or the right to travel. What's the definition of a motor vehicle? It just depends on where you're at, but it's gonna means, it's gonna most of the time it's always the same verbiage, a conveyance with a you know, four wheels, a motor, you know, a metal body or something. I mean they have they have there's different statutes and elements. I couldn't give you specifics right now, but I can't. I mean, if you, you know really what? think of it, here's another here's another definition. Here's my definition of motor vehicle. You and me. I I move around freely. I am basically just freely moving throughout space, and I'm also a vehicle for life. I'm carrying life with me. It's the same life that God gave me. And <clears throat> you know what? I'm a mo I'm like a motor in the sense that my heartbeat keeps moving. Every all the parts keep moving. And I keep going through space. So I am a motor vehicle for God's life and light. 
you know? In that, let me tell in you, that way, it's let me, true. Go ahead. Let me tell you the federal definition. The federal definition trumps state, and it says a self-propelled contrivance um, used in commerce. That's the term motor vehicle. And so Ooh, when you write that's, that, actually, that's hot. That, that's really hot. Right. You know what and I mean? You know? It, yeah. it's, it says uh, a self-compelled contrivance used in commerce. Okay. And um, the, the thing with that there is, is when they write you a ticket, they say John Doe was on or about such and such date, John Doe was operating a motor vehicle. No, he wasn't. That's the first slide they say. He's operating a, a, a private passenger car or truck, not a motor vehicle. Motor vehicle is something used in commerce. Well, it's also self-propelled, and that's what you are. You're self-propelled. Yeah. All right. So check if yours if it's self-propelled, then you can't. It's not a car. It's not an automobile. You see. So therefore, um, because you have to get in that automobile and make it go. So therefore, it's not self-propelled. You know. And that's that's the interesting point about what you just made. That's very very fantastic. You know. It has a result of of piercing the argument that I'm driving a motor vehicle. And it replacing right. it, it replaces it with the man was moving from point A to point B in the family car or something like that, something to that effect. Yeah, well, the thing with driver's license, it, it only applies to the use of commercial vehicles. And if it's a private one, it'd be a homeowner's moving device. Yeah. Actually, you guys, to be honest, the, 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 the what I found about the driver's license is that it's it's a common law process that where that has been basically hijacked by the state. But the states are under a specific type of common law, but we won't go there. Um what's interesting though about the the license though is that if you want to feel comfortable in your in your neighborhood you know, that everybody knows how to operate a car, right? You could you could just witness, have a witnessing program whereby two competent people witness, the, you know, that some, so-and-so from so-and-so family and such-and-such such precinct knows how to operate a motor vehicle to, to the best of my knowledge because I saw him do it. Bingo, sign it, right? Then you do, and that's, that's pretty much it right there. You could get a notary you know, or, or, you know, to do it, to recognize it. And that would be common law driver's license. But it's the idea about having a driver's license is it's an act of comedy. It's a respectful thing to do. It's, it's like being nice. But the state, right, they've turned it into this whole department where they there's someone getting money and getting paid to pay people for ser for, for providing services and they're also taking money in, you know, they're, it's, it's, it's getting discombobulated, you know, I mean, um, 
we need to bring that kind of thing right back down to the local community and do our own agencies, you know, handle it ourselves. Well, the, the thing that I have is not a driver's license. It's called a travel permit USA. Okay, well, what's the authority behind the travel permit? Who who authorized it? It's in the Constitution. You have the right and the freedom to travel a home and abroad. Um, well, I have just recently come across some information about the right to travel. Um, I'm just trying to find it real quick. I got two guys that just won the right to travel without interference by the state in Michigan, but they want to sell their uh, products and services that help them win their day in court. Mm-hmm. Well, right. There's nothing wrong with that. You're allowed to sell uh, well, yeah, legal yeah, knowledge. You are allowed to sell, but if you do that there, when your brothers are being, uh, that's uh uh, illegally locked up and and forced to pay fines and fees and all that. There, that ain't about nothing. I just found it. Isn't that good? No, you're right. The right okay. to sell, though. I I just found the right to travel document that I was looking for with the case law and stuff. Now it is comes it, from a huh? Is it out of Alaska or Washington? Well, let me. The thing about it is, I'll put the article into the chat room for you so you can read it yourself okay but in it it's it's called our localism okay and it's got it's kind of a lengthy document but it's all about local local government okay and local government uh so but this this thing says the i'm just going to start reading um the court avoided the need for close constitutional review by determining that the Belletary Ordinance had no impact on fundamental rights. So obviously they're talking about some case where where um, um, some some local town's ordinance affected someone's right to travel, move, move around from point A to point B, right? And then it goes on to say that this outsider, right, has no constitutionally protected right to make a home in a locality in other words, an outsider has no constitutionally protected right to make a home in a locality. The right to travel does not encompass the freedom to move into the community, and the right of association does not extend to residential arrangements. See, now that that's interesting because so so okay, I was wrong. I am the first to admit that I was slightly off when I when I said that if I implied that you were wrong about your your um, surmise of the right to travel. There is some truth to what you have said uh, regarding the right to move around, but this, this says that it does not encompass the freedom to move into the community. You see what I'm saying? Right to travel does not, does not en- encompass the freedom to move into the community, and the right of association does not extend to residential arrangement but that's an interesting little ditty of information and but getting back to the right to travel yeah there's there is no yeah let me 
if you really want to, if you want to sit here and argue statutory verbiage, then I would go quantum grammar because there's no argument at that point. You're completely acting in a sovereign capacity in a separate legislative state because your your grammar of that you're using is so uh, refined and highly tuned, okay, to be correct that theirs pales in comparison to to it in terms of transparency, which is something that governments always shoot for. I mean, they really want to be transparent. They try to they act like they got the Sunshine Act, you know, the, the FOIA requests and all of this stuff, right? So they're going to be transparent, right? Well, real transparency would involve the strategically precise grammar. So when we... we create like a, you know, a claim in a contract, right, that has strategically precise grammar, then it has potential to actually void out arguments of a lesser quality or lesser degree, you know, when it comes to their language, especially yeah. state statutes, state statutes and constitutional provisions. I mean, I'm not trying to sit here and blow up the system, okay? But with this knowledge, I could do some damage to the statute. And that's the problem is that they've actually, when you when you start doing damage to the language of the statute themselves, right, and you're just one person, it doesn't work out very much in your favor. That's what I've experienced, okay? But when you start doing it as a group, right, as an organized journal society, you say, or some, some sort of township or whatever, or group, I'm not trying to get into that, but then you actually have more of a community claim, now the common law can be can exist within your contract as a social compact, which it has a much more potential then, you see, to actually become the law of the land. So that's why I love American common law, because it's it's a beautiful opportunity just waiting to happen, you know. But um yeah, what about what about that right to travel though, were you were you talking about? Yeah. Why don't we switch the open statements to the court? Say it again. Why don't we switch the open statements to the court? What do you mean? What do you What do you mean? Switch to open yeah. statements to the court? Are you talking yeah. to someone else? My bad. You're not talking no, to me, no. are you? No, Randall, are you there? Yeah. Randall. Yo, Randall. Yeah, I had him muted. Sorry, my dad was here talking and trying to get this figured out. Did you get it figured out? Yeah, we got her all copied off. We got her signed and all more. And had one question on this one line there that is asked on your certificate of service underneath the signature of delivery party, Randall Lee Season Good. And then there's a blank line underneath. I told him I think that's where they have to sign it. No. Well, that's a splitter. That's a splitter. That's what that is. I have a question for you, Shorty. In your, did have you already got? You, she already did initial pleadings, right? Four. Initial pleadings already went in, right? So you guys are doing um, after plead after pleadings, right? Everything. These are motions, right? Right. Right. Well. Oh, okay. The reason why I'm asking is because Shorty in California, after there's a rule of court that says. After the initial pleadings are filed in pa in paper form, 
all the subsequent pleadings and, and motions have to be filed electronically. That's yeah. California rules of court. Do you have something like that where you're at? And in that situation, is that the, in your situation, would that apply? I don't think so. So anyway, we filed. Go to your rules of court and check it out. Go to your rules of court. We filed a uh, bill of accounting, a bill of discovery, a notice and demand of abatement, and a notice and opportunity to cure. E-filing. Let me ask you, what's the what state and county are you in? So I can go look and see the rules of court. I'll do it for you. I'll do the work. We're we're going to be in Illinois in Clay County. Okay. Let me look it up real quick here. Okay. Give me a sec. Give me one sec to type it in. Randall, are you there? Yep. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm here. Gonna re- I'm going to read a little bit of this stuff. Court paper, notes, and references. Opening statement to the court. You say the, fi- uh, the following. I'm here by divine visitation and ambassador as the, the grievance. A living soul under the U.S. Constitution, Article 4, Section 2, stating citizens with privileges and immunities. I am a creditor. That is, I am a creditor because I have received, I have only received Federal Reserve notes. I have never been paid for anything I've done or sold. I am not the defendant. That person only appears on the paperwork submitted before this court. I am the beneficiary of Randall L. Seasongood, that's all caps, trust. I do not consent under uh, 28 U.S.C. Section 636C, number 2, nor do I waive immunity from this court under 28 USC section 1604. In regarding to the all caps name of the defendant on the paperwork in this action, you, sir, judge, are the trustee of that trust and responsible for any demands, obligations, or debts assigned to it, not me. If the judge says... Well, it's actually... It's argumentative, but I would just... Go ahead, Shorty. Keep reading. If if the judge says that he will hold you in contempt of court, you state the only one that can be held in contempt is the defendant. Your own judicial procedures state I have a right not to consent. And without any adverse... Substance consequences that's under uh, 28 U.S.C. section 636C and 2. As such, you cannot adjudicate this matter adversely against me. If the judge says that you're speaking gibberish in the court, you can state the following things. One, is it because the matter before this court is absent of breach of contract or is it or it or is it 
this corporation court can't hear or understand when a man is speaking? Or is it because the attorney at law for the state is in fact not in law, but at law, making things very confusing? You guys, check this out. I'm sorry to interrupt. Rule 9 of the Illinois State of Illinois Court Rules is electronic filing of documents. You, you, do you want me to put the link in the chat for you? You can go ahead, but we're going to do what we're going to do. <laughs> do what you're going to do, but this is the rule of court. Okay, do what you got to do. Let me, let me put this in there real quick. Hold on. Go ahead and keep reading. All right. Go ahead. Or is that because the bar is restricting substance law in this court? Or as a court of equity, I am not aware of any contract that I have with the state of Illinois that would make me subject to any corporation orders, which seems to be something you are attempting to ignore. And by calling my statements of facts gibberish because you are not concerned with the truth. Well, guys, I'm going to have to get off. i got to go up to the train station to pick up this guy. So. Don't forget to look up Article 9 of the Illinois court rules. That's super important if you're going into court in Illinois, okay? And you guys are sitting here trying to file paper documents after the initial pleadings. That There is a problem there. That shows a level of competency, uh, you know, like like that is not um, 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 appropriate, right, when it comes to apprehension of ill will by public officials. We need to be a little sharper. So I'm going to go ahead and, 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 and stick that into the chat right now. I just copied the link. Uh, sh you're out of here, Shorty? Yeah, I'm getting ready to get out of here. Well, take this link real quick because I know you're the only one in the chat room, okay? And take this link right here. Go look that up. I just did the work for you, all right? I just ABC'd it, one, two, three'd it, all right? Can we cross the T's and dot the I's and say I came to bat for you? Well, we'll see what happens. Yeah, go look at the stuff, the stuff right here. Read up. You're going to do whatever you're going to do. Go file the paperwork if you want to, okay, in the court as physical paper. But if this rule says you don't have to do that and they want electronic filing, there's still no problem there because there's no reason for them to actually, uh, you know, say, oh, you have to follow the court rules because, you know, that's what we say to you, you know. Uh, it, 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 but here's the problem is if it doesn't interfere with the court powers of the judiciary or whatever you're trying to do, yeah. then it's probably not going to be considered to be a problem, and the judge will expect you to apply that rule of court because it's not interfering with the judicial process in any meaningful way. So be very, very careful, okay? We're going into court dressed up like lawyers in pinstripe pin suits, and I bought a, a couple of legal briefs the other day so we can look genuine. You got to get them uh, by the night, Jim. 
What's that? You're What's recording that? this call, so just good luck, okay? I'm gonna I'm gonna hang up now. I'll talk to you guys later. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, you gonna be smoking cigars doing that? What's that? You gonna be smoking cigars too? I was. Hey, here's my here's my most favorite comment. Don't smoke, don't chew. Uh, or no, don't smoke, don't drink, don't chew. Don't date women that do. Every time I try to swallow my food without chewing, I gulp it back up. Yeah. <laughs> hey, does anyone know how to tell if a guy's married if he lives in Arkansas? <laughs> no. No. He's got tobacco juice down both sides of his truck. <laughs> I, I had a driver like that, and he had the bag of juice on the inside run all the way down to the bottom of the truck. Oh no! <laughs> you know what's uh, you know what's as large as an elephant, but doesn't weigh anything. Oh. That's his shadow. <laughs> uh, hey, Shorty. Hey, yeah. There's three women sitting on the park bench. All three of them look perfectly alike. They've all got a vanilla ice cream cone in their hand. One's licking on the vanilla ice cream cone, one's lightly sucking on the vanilla ice cream cone and the other one's just chomping away on the ice cream cone. Which one do you think's married? All three of them. Oh, no, the one that so. on it. <laughs> <laughs> no, Shorty. Which one is it? It's the one with the fingering. Get your mind out of the gutter. <laughs> hey, you know the difference between a hippo and a zippo? No. Yeah. Okay. The hippo is heavy duty, and the zippo is just a little lighter. <laughs> That's a good one. I was thinking about the little bandy rooster and the big road island red. <laughs> uh, they both got big thoughts in their head, but the little bandy rooster just gets run over. <laughs> Hey, do, do you know the difference between here and there? <laughs> You're going to get me on that one, Jordy. Huh? You're going to get me on this one. <clears throat> the difference between here and there is the T. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the T. <tea. laughs> yeah, you know it. 
They they both got H E R E. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey Shorty, there's two old two old fellers sitting on a park bench. The one looked over at the other one. He says, Right now he feels like he's a baby again. The other one says to him, How come? He says, Well he says He's completely bald. He ain't got no more teeth. And about right now, he thinks he shit himself. (laughs) (laughs) Well, this guy, he went in to try to get a room. And the guy says, only got one room. And that's the room of the ghost of the three bloody fingers. He said, well, I'll take it. And so he gets the key. He goes upstairs. He gets down the hallway. He unlocks the door, and the ghost comes out. I'm the ghost of the three bloody fingers. He run down the hallway, and he jumped out the window. Two other guys did the same thing. Along comes this drunk and says, give me a room. I don't care what it looks like. And he goes, only got one room, and that's the room with the ghost of the three bloody fingers. He said, I'll take it. And so he goes up the steps and down the hallway and he unlocks the door and the ghost comes out and he says, I'm the ghost with the three bloody fingers. And he said, what's the matter, man? Need a Band-Aid? Oh, <laughs> 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 boy. All right. Hey, they were two blondes walking out across the field and they fell in a hole. And the one says, boy, it's dark down in here. The other one says, I don't know, I can't see. (laughs) (laughs) Well, there there was this blonde, and she had this car, and she'd been trying to sell it. And her friend says, you've been trying to sell that for a long time. What seems to be the problem? Oh, it's got a lot of miles on it. Oh, I know a guy that'll fix it. He'll roll back the speedometer for you. And so she took it over there and had it rolled back. And about three or four weeks later, he ran into her. He said, I thought you were going to sell it. Why would I want to sell it? It's only got 50,000 miles on it now. (laughs) (laughs) That always reminds me of what Dad used to say about what his dad told him about this old lady that, you know, years ago back, that they cheese and butter and milk and whatever into town to trade for whatever else they needed. And uh, this old lady wants to make butter and she had a mouse in her cream and she thought, you know, if nobody know the difference, they could never tell it. So she went ahead and turned it into butter and took it on into town and told she figured she'd be polite about it until the clerk or the waitress, whoever, what happened, you know, that there was a mouse in the cream, and but if nobody had known it, they wouldn't know the difference. And uh, so the waitress said, all right, we'll, we'll surely do that. I'll take her in the back, and we'll go take care of it. So they went in the back, come back out, and brought it, took it in the back, and took her wrapping off and put their wrapping bag on it and brought it out and gave it to her real nicely and square as if like as a new piece of butter. And oh, she was so excited and said, yeah, if nobody, if 
the people, whoever gets it, she don't hope that they'll ever notice the difference because they won't, she knows they won't know the difference because they didn't know that mouse was in there and she didn't realize she had her own butter bite. <laughs> uh, they took care of that problem real quick and just gave her her own butter bite, but they put her in a press and made those real nice and square and it didn't look like her own butter and it had a different wrapping on it. So she never knows the difference. <laughs> Hey, Shorty, is there any, is there any certain uh, order I got to hand these to him? Nope, you just put them all in the same envelope, take you a clipboard, put your certificate of notice in one in the envelope, you do your signature on it, and then sign the second one and have someone from their office to sign it. And then just hand them the envelope and take your clipboard and your pen and go on about your business. I wouldn't uh, lift the envelope. I'd just uh, I'd put the stuff in there and just fold the flap over on it and leave it like it is. What was Donald say, Donaldson saying about having to file it electronically? Oh, he's looking up the rules. He thinks the rules apply. In some cases, they might, but I don't know. Well, that's I the same thing that they're trying to tell me on my case that I can, I'll have to file it electronically, but I, I haven't been doing that. I've been taking everything in, either certify, sending it to them and asking them to file it, or I've been literally taking it in there by hand and going to the clerk of court and having her and filing it right there. That's right. Yeah. That's what I do. Yeah. Hey, uh, Shorty. Yeah. Um, when you said there, uh, I am the man that survived the labor of the handyman, uh, the total labor, is that including my missing items and then what work i done for or just the work i done? Just the work you done. Okay, not the missing items. No. Okay. Okay. Got that corrected. If they need a notice of clarification, we can do that later. Do I should should I give them a copy of my birth certificate or No. I took out all that. That's not even mentioned in there again. All right. And the first few items, I think it was four or five, ended up being uh, something that was not an affidavit of fact, but it was a statement. Uh, it's an identification statement or something. Yeah, I agree to raise cattle on her property. No, I'm talking about the... Uh, you see where item number one is on the affidavit? Yeah, it's right above that. There's a, uh, there's a couple of phrases. Read that. I am not uh, fourteen a minute of you. Is that what you're talking about, Susan and I? Right. 
Okay. See, you had that listed as a, a one, two, three, four, five, whatever, and I took that out of there. I took the bullets off of it. And what does it say right before it? There's a little line above it. Um, I am the man survived okay, by... Above, above that. I'm not declared all by... Above that. Above that. I am not at four... <clears throat> no, it's above minutes. that. Here. Here, let me pull it up on the computer. I still got this computer in here, running. Side note: I do not consent to. No. Is that it? No. Yeah, was it number one? That'd be the next one. <laughs> Randall Lee, here and I <laughs> are Randall. Can't be above that one because that one's over. That runs on up off the top of the page. <laughs> It's the one above that. <laughs> In the county of Clay, state of Illinois. Okay, well, here it is. Here it is. It says side notes. I thought he started reading. I do not consent to admir right, right. and and the rem jurisdiction and military criminal. Police car military tribunal with prohibited one the civil government is acted under ex par of Millican seventy one US four walls two eighteen sixty six and further no attorney holds the bar shall be practiced the law under this act of the court. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna bring my jump drive and we're gonna have this thing where we can uh uh, you got extra copies of the affidavit of facts? I made the DMA. I made three of them. Three of each one? Yeah. Okay. Uh, if you need more, I can always print more. No, that's okay. Here's that. Well, I'm looking forward to having a little fun come Friday. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what, it just reminds me of being in the 11th Circuit watching that prosecutor trying to sneak out the building. <laughs> there you go. I want to watch these judges run like rats running from poison. <laughs> <laughs> Or like the German drum running from the bomb. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. It's a Billy Bob deal. I want to watch them go beep off and down the road, stumbling over each other. Hopefully, that marches all the way. <laughs> Hope they run over her. <laughs> I tell you what, there was a there was a time that I, th I thought I was flying under the radar, and this guy found an ad for a starter for sale, and he called and asked about it. 
I said, yeah, it's still for sale. I said, come and get it. He said, where do I come? I told him. He said, who do I ask for? I said, you ask for Brother Shorty. You know, and a couple of hours later, a guy comes showing up. I said, are you the guy for the starter? He goes, no, I'm a U.S. Marshal. I got a notice for you to show up in federal court. I'm like, oh, no. Oh, man. <laughs> you should have told him I'll mount that starter on you, buddy. <laughs> well, what what I did was, you know, they was looking for a guy named Brother Shorty. And uh, they uh, they did a word search, and they found a little blog that I had that said auto repairs by Brother Shorty. And um, they found the phone number, and then they did a search on that phone number on the Craigslist, and they found an article with a, uh, a starter for sale with the same number. And so when the guy asked me where to come, I told him. He's over there on the west end. And uh, he said, who should I ask for? I said, you just asked for Brother Shorty. And and he, I know in his mind he was like, uh-huh. You know, because <laughs> he had been looking all over for me. <laughs> and they wanted, to give, they wanted to give me the summons. That's their little party invite for me to come down to their little fun house which is called the courts, you know. <laughs> and I did everything I could to stay low. And i tell you what, I've learned some new lows. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The last you- time, the last time they tried to give me a party, <laughs> a buddy of mine said they came over, had their guns and all kinds of stuff, and they were asking for me. He goes, I'm sorry, Brother Shorty is no longer here. <laughs> yeah, they were getting ready to pull punches on me. This is one uh, one officer. He was uh, up for uh, election, and the other guy, the new the uh, the other chief, was getting ready to resign. And so uh, the uh, the old chief was uh, throwing his weight in behind him instead of the other deputy. And so they, they were running neck and neck. And so I happened to be in the neighborhood in a hostel there. And uh, he saw me getting ready to unlock the door. And he came back. He was on the campaign trail. <laughs> and I upset him. And all he could do was walk away and leave his head hanging low. <laughs> and then uh, later on, he found a way of trying to pull punches on me. But I wouldn't allow it. <laughs> Should be. Yeah, I know I'd avoid a few things. Hmm. Nothing wrong with nothing wrong with with taking uh, a vacation when you need to. <laughs> yeah, I'm getting ready for one. <laughs> He's talking about running on radar. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I tell you what, I, I, I like. I tell you what, they pulled some some uh, uh, some pretty fancy stuff on me in the Eleventh Circuit Court. Uh, they wanted to cool my jets because this attorney went ahead and told him, "You better do something. He's getting educated, you know." And so they sent the deputies out for me. And this one gal, I call her Junkyard Granny, 
she worked at the junkyard, and she called me. She said, well, the sheriff is looking for you. I said, well, I don't have nothing to hide. And, uh, and she goes, well, I just had to tell you, you know, they've been coming around asking. I had people telling me, and I'm like, oh, okay. And so uh, I told this attorney that we need to file a writ of habeas corpus. And he goes, no, we can't do that. We're too far along. And besides, I'm the attorney. You need to quit listening to those people that wherever you've been getting this information because all they're going to do is hurt your case. And I'm like, oh, really? And he said, yeah, just trust me. He said, I've handled hundreds of these cases. And I'm like, okay. And then the next day he called him and told me, this guy's getting sharp. You better do something. And so they filed charges against me, and they had the sheriff looking for me. And so uh, on Thursday, I got a voicemail that everything had been canceled. They got an emergency hearing and need me down to the courthouse first thing in the morning. Well, I was getting ready to go down there, and then the process of getting ready to go down there, just like we're having a talk now, I was having a talk with one of my advocates, and uh, he was trying to advise me. All of a sudden, a horrendous knock at the door. And I went to the door, and I said, who is it? He said, neighbor. And I opened the door. Two deputies rushed me, pinned their ground, handcuffed me, cursed my wife, took me down to booking. They <laughs> locked me up for six weeks to try to cool my jets. But after I got out, I got me a fax machine, and I started putting these lawyers on notice at least two or three times a week. I just faxed them. I'd write everything and stick it in the fax machine. I'd just burn their fax machine. She <laughs> <laughs> oh, right, I, <laughs> <laughs> I was in court one day, and this one lawyer, he wanted me to comply with the court. And I said, excuse me, I don't do business with tyrants and thieves. <laughs> and after he heard that about three times, he walks in there and he scribbles on the piece of paper and he hands it to the judge. He said, it looks like your lawyer just abandoned ship. You got anything to say? I said, yeah, well, considering the man doesn't want to represent me in a manner that's beneficial, now would be a good time for him to make his exit. And they were all like, huh? <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah. And then the next time I showed up in court, I had a ton of documents. I was a little late. I just filed them. I was downstairs. I get upstairs, and uh, and they're like, uh, we've been waiting, and the judge is here. And I'm like, good, let's go in and see what he's got to say. And they had this smirk on their face like, what's wrong with him, you know? Like I could be intimidated. And so when they're coming through the door, I'm holding the door open. And uh, I have my little lawyer's briefcase. I'm like, oh, by the way, here's your notice, and your notice, and your notice. And they were all upset, man. <laughs> That's what's going to happen Friday. They're going to be upset because we got all their notices. I'm going to have to call in vacation day and come up there and watch this one. Oh, I'm going to put it on camera. I got my little pencil camera. Cool. I got one that I can just put in my shirt pocket, and then when I go through the metal detector, I'll just pull it out and put it in the little crate with my keys or whatever, and then it'll go through the uh, it'll go through the uh, thing, and then I'll grab my stuff, put it in my pocket, and I'll click it on, and we'll go in there and we'll record. <laughs> there you go. 
Good. Don't forget the notice of identification. What's that? Don't forget your notice of identification. Oh, you mean my church ID? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the one that says I'm an ambassador for Christ. <laughs> <laughs> You got to love it. Well, let me get off here. I got to try to go catch this guy on the train. Hey, Shorty. What? <laughs> One more thing. <laughs> How far? <laughs> you, you still there, Shorty? Yeah. How far would you been if I wouldn't have stopped you? <laughs> What's that? <laughs> He said, how far would have you been if he wouldn't have stopped you? <laughs> oh, my. How about you just five foot four? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I still got about a quarter of white uh, moonshine here if someone needs some. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, boy, you better run that Rhode Island red off. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, guys, I'm gone. Go ahead and shut her down there, Marvin, when you guys are ready. (laughs) 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 All right, we'll see you, Shorty. (laughs) All righty, good night. Hey, James. Yeah. Have you heard anything from the Gerards? I've heard from Elnora and Sevilla, and they so hope that we can possibly figure something out to move forward. I haven't heard nothing from direct uh, family of uh, Samuel. Nothing direct. Nothing direct. Um, what I was thinking of doing was uh, trying to download Ghost uh, information he sent to me uh, yeah. a week ago. And yeah. uh, what Ghost told me to do was forward those papers to them. If they like what they, they see, we can always go and change Milford's name to Samuel Heard. And then we can resubmit them to the family and let the family forward the papers to their dad. Yeah. And then it's entirely up to them because then they have the machine gun in their own hand. It's not waiting on a or considering that we move forward or backwards or whatever. The machine gun is in their hands. Right. That's what Ghost recommended we do. And he said, and you guys need to pray about this. He says, this is something that you guys um, can do at no cost. He says, 
my information's all free. I'll never charge a dime for it. He says we just want to help get out of prison. Yes, uh, he told me the same, pretty much the same thing. Um, I I've been in contact with him, and he's uh, been sending me a lot of stuff. And I just I just wish we could get our hands in that. I just so wish they would um, they would consider it. But now, if you do it the way you just said, let's get that done. Sure. Well, Shorty called me the following day then, and and advised me not to do anything until uh, we changed no. the things and rewrote them. And and uh, he says there's some things there that we need to take out, and we need to get his name on it and get them legal. You could, we could do that. But um, I wanted to follow. Uh, I wanted to follow ghost. Uh, you know, philosophy is. Uh, uh, okay, do it. Because Shorty, Shorty wants to water it down a little bit, and I don't like that. No, I yeah. don't either. <clears throat> I'd rather um, ghost. Ghost is information that we know, or he says it's working. So if it's working, it has to be powerful. So why do we want to change it? That's what I have to say too. I'm afraid to uh, go start moving yeah, stuff out. Some of, them, it down. some of them documents you got for Randall. Yeah. Um, Shorty changed around. Uh, uh, changed around some of the stuff. He called me yeah. twice, um, moaning and a groaning and a griping and a, and about this is all Greek to him. And I was on the conference how Ghost explained everything, broke it down, and Shorty called me after the conference and he was all upset that he didn't uh, put it in layman's term. Well, yeah. I tell you, I don't know how you could have put it in better layman's term than what he did. Yeah. That's what I t- tried to tell Shorty, that I don't think you want to take all the bones out of that meat because they're in there for a reason to hold something together. And he's well, like, he, oh, no, 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 I'll, no I'll he, take all the he bones told out. Me that, yeah, he told me this document is like putting a screwdriver and a hammer and a saw all at the same time in your hands. I said, no, Shorty, it's like this. When I'm doing a job and I've got a new apron on, and I go up on the roof, I want my majoring tape, my square, my hammer, all the tools I need that I'm going to need. I don't want to have to climb up and down. When I get up there to do the job, I want to do the job and get back down. I said, if I go up to the roof and I only take a screwdriver and I need a hammer, it's back down. So I got to go back and get that hammer. I said, if you put the hammer in it, then you got the hammer there. I said, you don't have to go back and get the hammer. I said, or you go up on the roof and you go up there to... Um, to drive the, the, the nil something, I said, you don't go up there with an empty apron. You don't just go up no. there with three nils. I said, you take all the nils. I said, yep. you put them all in your apron. You have the whole apron full, and then you're ready to go. Yeah. It, it, you got to have it complete. And, and I yeah. tried to peek that in his head. you got to leave it complete. Don't take away from it. I said, yeah. when, you get to the, when you get to the job and you don't have all the tolls because... You thought you didn't need them. That was you can make it lighter for you to walk. You've taken away from it, and you should have left the nails in there because you're gonna. Now you got to go back and get them. 
Yep. You you don't want to take away from it when you've already already know what it's going to take. You 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 take what it what you know you need to have, not go back and and do it again. Go through it yep. one time. Exactly. I don't like I don't like him taking them documents and and watering them down. I was trying to call you because I I was getting pretty nervous when he was telling me he'd taken all the bones off. I thought, shorty, <laughs> don't do that. No, I I, I I I don't know how much he watered them down, um, but um, I don't like him taking him documents and and. And t- cutting them down, all that stuff that you are to talk about or say in, uh, that uh, Randall's supposed to say in court was all brought in. Was you on last night? Yeah. Um, yes, I was on and right up until probably about 10 o'clock. I was there with the cops talking with them, and they wanted to just talk separately there. And I was there until oh, was 11. They, was, was they on listening? They listened to some of it, yeah. And he's like, that's just too much for me to grasp at one time. I got a lot of questions I want to ask. So I said, all right. So I went and turned the way down, put it back in the vehicle, and walked over there. And we talked for another hour and a half, two hours with them last night, yeah. And they uh-huh. are really, really excited and interested about more information. Well, uh, good deal. Shorty, Shorty told me that's are they quitting their job? And I said, Shorty, you can't win souls in a split second. You got to educate them and slowly talk to them. He is working. Well, did he quit his job? I said, No, Shorty, he didn't quit it. Well, then he's not in there with us. I said, You're well, not. He, he didn't quit your job the same day either. I didn't either. But I said, well, Shorty, we slowly don't... educated ourselves. Um, Shorty's ignorant in that field. He really is. Well, I told um, him last night that he is, and he finally said, "Oh, I'm sorry, but that's just the way I am. And if they don't, if they don't quit right now, well, then I have nothing." I said, "Well, you ain't gonna win them that way, Shorty. You no gotta way." Gotta talk to him. So, well, I, I am. Um, he didn't like what I had to say about taking stuff out of them documents. I I poured it on to him. I said, "You can't do that, Shorty." I said, "You can't take you can't take a half loaded gun." I said, "You got to have it fully loaded if you're gonna go." Yeah. Well, he told me he wanted to get on three way with this cop. He wants to talk to him. I said, "No, Shorty, I'm not gonna do it." <laughs> no. Here, here's no. what I would like to tell Shorty. Shorty needs to understand, for the ways of man are before the eyes of the Lord. And he ponders all his tasks. His own inequities entrap the wicked man, and he is caught in the cords of his sin. He shall die for lack of instruction, and in the greatness of his folly he shall go astray. Not just be misled, but go astray. Yeah. Yeah. Only smear and lave sins for Andy Light and for God can a man that neglect do for Andy Light and correct lave and velvet. Yeah. So, Miss Ellen, 
comes on that's uneducated and they want to learn, he thinks they should know everything or, or get, away, get out of the way. Yeah. Um, but you don't, that that's not how you, that's not how you get, if you got some a wild horse, you can't tame him in one day. Yeah. But you can a little bit at a time. You can eventually get that horse to trust you and and gain his, he'll he'll gain your trust. What, where was uh, Andrew and Ghost at tonight? 
as far as I thought he said Andrew and Ghost was going to be on tonight. They was on. I never heard Andrew or Ghost speak tonight. Yeah, they was both talking. Yeah, they was on for a good while. Oh, at the start. I must have missed them because I hear a cop there and before I know it, it was already way past 7 o'clock. Yeah, they was on. They was on for an hour or more. Well, we got on at about seven thirty. That was a little later. Or was it a little later than that? <clears throat> yeah, last night, but <clears throat> well, was after the call that Shorty called me, and he was pretty irritated about <laughs> Andrew and Ghost taking taking the mics away from him and, and just kicking him off to the side. He said he didn't appreciate that for nothing. I thought, well, I, I guess well, it must have when I was he, gone. <laughs> he didn't get kicked off the side. Well, Andrew and I, Ghost was doing what needed to be done. Well, that's what I told him. And they said, no, they kicked him off to the side, and he doesn't appreciate that. And I said, well, they're discussing what they was trying to figure out. They was trying to figure out something. He said, well, they they just kicked me off to the side and they went on and I don't agree. I was like, I don't think so. <laughs> no, they didn't kick no one off the side. That was very educational, I thought. Well, I didn't too. I thought it was really, really good. But after the call, yeah. he told me he wasn't, he wasn't happy with it. He said he doesn't, he's going to do the paperwork and himself and he doesn't he didn't like Andrew's way of doing something. I know. Yeah. I was like, oh my I better talk to you before I just accept everything on this here because I've taken all this stuff off of these documents that have already been put together and he's saying they got way too many bones in and they're taking them off. I was like, oh shit, here we go. Yeah, but, I told him, and I tried to tell him. I said, "You don't, don't, don't take off, don't take out, out everything that needs to be there, Shorty." I said, "You can't." He said, "I want it in layman's term." I said, "Shorty, it is. It is not. It isn't." He kept saying it's in Greek. I said, "They was speaking in Greek tonight." I said, "Shorty, I had no trouble understanding." I said, "What, what part? I don't understand what you're talking about. They was it was all in Greek." I, I don't understand that because they made it very clear. I mean, I thought it was very educational for anybody to be on here listening. Well, one thing that really, really, might as well say, turns me off is when he gets to arguing and rebringing his argument back up, and you got other people listening. That absolutely is going to turn them off quick. Yeah, he he don't arguing like that because he's not listening. He he gets in his mind. You're going to listen to me, and he's not listening to what someone else is saying because he's still holding what he's wanting to blow him up with. (laughs) Yes, and he's he's not listening to what anyone else is saying because he is full of what he's full of himself. Yeah, you know he he's full of himself, and he don't want to listen what the next guy has, even if it's wonderful, he's not listening to what he's saying. 
That's what embarrassed me. I mean, maybe I shouldn't have had the cop listen to this, but he wanted to hear what what we're saying because I told him it's a very educational conference call with a lot of good news on it that he would probably be interested in. So he wanted to listen in on it, and Shorty didn't want me to have him on there. He said, oh, don't you let him listen to it. If he's not quit his job, he's not with us. I'm like, Shorty, how's he going to learn? <laughs> right. Cop, he, was, he was really excited about it. He said, no. He finally, after about an hour, listened to it, and off and on, we, I'd mute it, and would, he'd ask a few questions here and there, and then finally said, hey, boys, I'm just overloaded with questions. I We need to now shut them off because I want to ask these questions before I forget them. And then we started, which I took Danny season good with me. And, of course, they wanted me and my wife to come over and sit down with them and have a good visit. And the reason I didn't get with them quicker, I tried to call them. He, he said making a phone call or texting somebody is like knocking him over the head with a ball bat. He just absolutely doesn't like using the phone and doesn't like texting because everything is public. Yes. And he sent word over here to the kids wondering why I don't show up or if we don't want to come over and see him or what, but he's home for over this holiday, and he was really looking forward to seeing me. And well, then last night at 8 o'clock, we went over there and was there until, I don't know, 11-something, 11.30, whatever it was. And he was supposed to be headed back to Chicago early that next morning, so... I finally told him we're going to have to get out of here and let him get some sleep. And he's like, no, this is too exciting. He could sit here all night long. But he understands that we're probably tired, too. So we got up and come on home again. <laughs> well, what did but, he think about last night? Last night was very educational, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, he can't wait to. Whatever I tell him, I didn't know it, but he's going back to Chicago, and he's got 14 different cops involved wanting to know more about this stuff. Are you serious? And just in the last two weeks ago is when he drove in my driveway and seen that sign, and he went berserk. And then he brought his <laughs> wife over here, and his wife was just chewing him out, and she was literally going nuts because he's driving in a driveway and trespassing a sign that, and he's a public official. And here he's just driving right on in my driveway because he's so excited that he found a friend to talk to that is on the same track that he thinks he's on. So he just drove right on in the driveway, and he said, they got such a pretty place and everything, I just got to show it to you. And she's like, you can't do that. These are Amish people. They don't appreciate that. They're probably in there. And I was like, no, my friends, all my friends are allowed on my property. I don't care where they're at on my property. If they're my friends, they're allowed on there. The only people yeah. that are not allowed on my property is enemies to me. They're not my enemies, but if they come to do evil, then they're an enemy to me. I don't want them. Yeah. That, saying, that saying will only take effect as if they start harassing you. Yeah. That's why I told them it's only for... Somebody for harassment, enemy, and 
deprive my God-given constitutional rights. And he said he's been taking these words back because I told him you shouldn't ever call another man or a woman a person. Because in the New Testament, it says if you have respects to persons, you commit sin under the doctrine of indigression. And boy, did he go back to Chicago and these cops sitting around talking about this person, that person, he is telling them quit doing that. Because this Amish guy told him that persons is a mean a mean name for somebody. You don't call another man or a woman a person. <laughs> he said he's got 14 or 17 of them that are coming together and they're talking and reading up the Constitution and they're and he said the way they operate, he said they will not write out a citation to anybody. They have He has never put handcuffs on anybody without a crime. If it's not a crime involved as far as speeding or driving careless or something, he said, now, if they're driving real careless and are in danger of another one, he said he already has pulled them over and asked them to be more careful, but he said, I have not wrote them out a citation or anything else. He said, I will not do that. And I started laughing. He said, you got way more balls. You're like a lightning bolt, according to what I am. I'm a big pussy in here. I'm supposed to be a cop, and you're an Amish guy. He said, you need to keep up your good work because we're coming to get education. I was like, buddy, I'm created the same as you are. I'm no different. I'd better got a little more learning because I was educating myself, but we can all be the same. And he's like, yeah. you're the closest family I've got right now, buddy. <laughs> so, wow. I don't know. That's, that's exciting. Yeah, he's wanting to bring bring a whole lot of, uh, quite a few more, which there's two of them right there that was together last night. They live right over here about a mile from me. Two miles. What did they what did they think of the conference though? I mean, did they like what they was hearing or Yeah, they just they well he said he he it's just driving them nuts because he doesn't know where to find all this stuff and it's so much information he can't pack it all at once. He, he said that's just driving them nuts. He doesn't know where and just since I told him about whereabouts in the Bible to go read, has he been reading a lot of Bible scriptures in the last two weeks and he said he's just I told him about going into the <clears throat> ah no I can't even say it. Yeah. Not the Psalms but the what Conklin the Proverbs. Proverbs. I told him read all the Proverbs. One there's enough there for one every day of the week and for every day of the month read a one verse of the proverbs every or one chapter of the proverbs every day and, correspondent to the day of the month yeah mm-hmm. and here's and here's here's something that was brought to my attention matthew 23 This guy that this John John uh, Hartzler, he was he was saying how fools and how how blind fools are, how the Pharisees 
and the Pharisees how how blind they was and how foolish they was. And it says, which is greater, the gold or the temple that sanctifies the gold? And whoever swears by the altar, it is nothing but whoever swears by the gift that is on it. He is obligated to perform it. And then a lot of us, we want to, we want to put the money out there, but we don't want to. We don't want to back it. We don't want to show our backbone that we are truly. We don't want to exemplify leadership. Is what he was pointing out, and that's like the Pharisees. They wanted to be the top. They was the news media, but they did not want to stand up to it. Well, where did you get this information? Tell me where you found it. They wanted to put a bunch of gossip out there, but they didn't have a backbone to stand behind it, if it makes any sense. Yeah, yeah. That's that's why you call a group of guys uh, uh, <clears throat> that have, they, they, they instigators, or they're instigators, um, they get one guy pumped up to go forward, we call them niggers. But they yeah. but don't have no backbone to stand up. And in many in many places in the twenty third uh, Matthew twenty third it says, "Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites!" Many yes. places it says that. And and therefore he who swears by the altar swears by and by all things on it. He who swears by the temple swears by it and by him who dwells on it, and he who swears by heaven swears by the throne of God and by him who sits on it. And and the constant, and the whole time it, it's uh, uh, continuing to say, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you pay pithy of mint and anise and cumin and have neglected the weight a weight, waiter matters of the law, justice and mercy and faith. These you ought to have done without leaving the others undone. I mean, well, you guys know what I'm talking about. Good, does. Well, so Phil from the army, she glossed that she saw that machine, and that's that's why they think all my method here overcut the horse inside my method. In compact is fallen, the hang of us in that shunt. If then Romans thirteen fifteen like that, that's a total mind bogger. If you don't understand half of the words that you read, you could take it that way. Yeah, well, this this is what then makes it a humor on Matthew the twenty third on the twenty fourth uh, um, uh, verse, blind guide. They're talking about how blind that the Pharisees were. Blind guys who strain out the gnats and swallow a camel. And it, it just goes right back to saying, woe to you, guys and Pharisees. I mean, and here's, we're living in the day. We're living yeah. in the guys and Pharisees. That's the news media. That's the, the people that are discriminating. I mean, you know, here's, here's the thing that... Not just the news media. Listen, the scribes and Pharisees we go to church with. Everybody that wants to boast and proclaim 
and gossip about things they do not know, do not know about, and do not sit upon, and do not live within, or do not stand upon. They they have no backbone for it. No, they they call them that you call them uh, people dishonest. They're, yeah, they're, they're lying. They're hypocrites. Yeah, that's what Jesus called them hypocrites. Yeah, but then, then what does it say when you go on into twenty Matthew twenty four? Evade, and and it's not when you when you go on into Matthew twenty four, right? There's a lot in Matthew twenty four too. Exactly, and and that's why I mean I guess the reason that come up so big about about uh, the end of Matthew 23 was basically because uh, someone tried to tell John at my presence that I was to be held accountable and I proved myself trustworthy. I proved myself sincere and innocent and vulnerable. But at the same time, the guys... Okay, let me just be direct the the bishop and the three preach or the two preachers and the deacon was holding me accountable. I proved myself one hundred percent from beginning to the end. But the people that they was backing swore in front of God on a stack of Bible eight feet tall, he said, If I had my money with me, I would give it to you right now. But it's at home on my table. But when I went to my house and I got money for them that I did not owe them, and they admitted that I did not owe them, they would not do it to pay the other guy that they owed in front of the bishop, the two preachers, and the deacon. Okay, what did that make? The bishop, the preachers, and the deacon. That made them hypocrites because they held me accountable but would not do it to hold these crooks, these criminals accountable. And that's why John said, I myself have plans on coming back over there and bringing the law down on these people that held you accountable but did not make sure that I received my money from whom they've also stolen. Hmm. I'm I'm just going to say it this way. You know what? If you want to meddle with someone else's fight, you are a fool, and that's exactly what the preacher, the bishop, and the deacon done here. So now they're going to, if you want to be a judge, don't just judge one person. Finish your game. Yeah. Yep. I want to condemn the right and let the wrong keep trucking. I want to kill the elephant, or how does it say about the elephant in the ant? They want to work with the elephant that they know they can't. They want to eat the elephant that they know they can't eat, but let the ant keep rolling and and then uh, hatching out and making more of them. They'll all be yeah. elephants. Over. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well... Yeah, I uh, I tell you, it's uh, 
we're living them times. We're in them days right now. Um, I think the Bible has been fulfilled. Here's what I heard just yesterday. Uh, Donald Trump's wife has definitely fulfilled scripture on end times. It's public news out there. And when the question was made to me at, at work yesterday, which president in history has paid a million dollars to help out a disaster and give up his salary. And I said, it wasn't in history. I said, it had to be Donald Trump. And the guy says, uh, you've been on Facebook. I said, I haven't been on Facebook. I, I says, where's it at? I want to see it. And he showed me that, uh, information that the news that, uh, and it was on Facebook. He showed me where Donald Trump donated personally a million dollars and give up his salary to help out uh, the devastation in Texas. Wow. Well, not just that. Donald Trump himself stood there when the soldiers were coming back and was paying for all, or donating his own money to the boys coming home with blowed off arms, blowed off whatever crippled and whatnot all, he was sitting there to donate and welcome them back home and donate money to them so they can at least live a happy life since they survived and come back home alive. Wow. Many of them there to do that stuff. He donated millions of dollars to them. Yeah. But that doesn't make him all right either. I mean, everybody's got their problems, but just to say what everybody's running up against him and trying to make him look bad, at least with all his wrongs, he's still doing a lot of rights. Yeah. At least he's a president in there that is trying. It's not like Obama and all the rest of the guys was from all the way back to where the ones that got shot to try and do something, right? Yeah. A lot of them didn't think old Trump would make it this far. They said he'll be dead and all this and that. Well, I told them if God's hands are in there, Trump will not get killed. Right. Because where God's hands are at are protected. He will protect them. That same thing I was telling Randy when he was going so nuts. He was calling over every couple of hours of the day, going ape berserk. And I told him to go get the Bible and start reading it. You are losing your memory over stupidity and are not trusting God. If you start trusting God, you have no fear over man. It doesn't right. make no difference. Do they shoot you? Do they kill you? What they do, you have no fear over them if you have God on your side. He's like, really? And... Um, a couple of days later, he'd always call to get peace, and that's where he got his peace when I told him we're about to go read or tried to tell him, which I don't know that much. I tried to tell him what little I know about it. 
Um, anytime he started getting worried again and tall again, I'd like, what did you let God down again and start putting man up on top or what? <laughs> yeah. And he'd start laughing and say, yeah, I tell you, I've got a bad problem on that. I can't get that fear out of me from, from man. I said, well, forget about man. God created man. God is the one that's in power and control of your soul. So don't worry about man. Um, yeah. Out settled down big time, but there for a while I thought he was going to lose his memory over this stupid crap worrying about, which I do too much of it myself. I worry about it and then put God behind instead of in front of him. And now yeah. the Bible says it's wrong to worry, but I mean, people don't worry at some time or the other. That's just right. a tour that everybody has. Right, worry, doubt, and confusion is the devil. Yep. But we all fall into that. Yep. <clears throat> well, the uh, next one was doing things, John is talking. I thought Funatron mentioned English Testament that took the Funatron and a reference where to find help when. Yeah, it helped. It helped on the page was sock. Must have braced it up in the tube to get up the last one. That's pretty professional. It helped on the page just kept all it different. If you're stressed, if you're worried, if you're sick, if you're, I don't know, to be rid of anxiety and have peace to Psalm 119 and 165, to set things right with when life is all out of control, the Psalm 19, 7-8, or 7 and 8, to have direction and know God's will, the Psalm 19 at 105, to experience healing and deliverance, the Psalm 107 and 20, to grow in the Lord, 1 Peter 2 and 2, to have strength, comfort, and hope, to Psalm 119, 28, 50, and 114, to shape yourself and your life correctly, to Psalm 119 and 11, to be able to see clearly, 119 and one, to Psalm 119 and 130, to know what really is your heart, Hebrew 4 and 12, to build faith, Romans 10 and 17, to have joy, to Psalm 16 and 11, to understand God's power, John 1 and 3. And I copied it off and gave it to him, and I told him, you just keep looking those up. If you're down, if you don't have no joy and you're all down and out, go to 16 and 11. Or if you're trying to build up your faith, keep reading Romans 10 and 17 and memorize them and remember them. And I've got a problem myself in doing that. And then I gave him that uh, once a father could or the old Lord's prayer or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. And I told him to use that one and you will see a big difference if you are a believer. And ever since that, he has been really different and kept coming back saying that that made such a big difference in his life. And, and uh, he feels like a different different man but ever once in a great while he'll still jump the goat and i'm like well did you forget what i told you 
Nothing he'll go back to. <laughs> yeah? I don't know. He's He's been a real genuine mess. He's, he's got women way over over his brain. He can't get them out of his head. That and beer, he thinks he has to be at the tavern. That's what got him in trouble. <laughs> yeah. So. Well, them kind of things is what the devil... What the devil puts in front of us to try to lead us away from God. Yep. Once he, once you can get that in your head, and then things go better. And I'm a big problem myself with that. But had just that made a big difference in his life. And after he was so stressed out, he literally come over. He's a big guy and a pretty. He's a real soft-hearted guy, but he did come over here crying because he was going apes. Didn't know what which direction to go next. They're gonna come get him. I said, "Who's who's gonna come get you? Is the devil gonna come get him? He's not gonna get you if you got God in front of you, in front of him." Right. And he's like, "Well, what do you mean? I how do you get rid of him?" I said, "You're gonna have to keep praying. If you get God on your side, He will." I said, a guy can be standing dead in front of you, and if God does not want that bullet to hit you, it will not hit you, buddy. I'm He's telling right. you that. Um, anymore, well, anymore, he stands there, and he's, I'm a firm believer in this stuff now. <laughs> That's good. So, <clears throat> it just took him a good little while to get this other stuff out of his head, and and actually get to seeing some kind of light, but now that he seen what relief it gave him, now that he could sleep and not be laying there dreaming, having stupid dreams because he's worrying himself to death, it put a different different vision in his head. Right. But, if we put God first, we can go go to bed with peace. Yep. And told him God. I said that in the Bible, it says if you have God strong enough in you, he's strong enough to move mountains. And uh, he he would like to get strong enough to move a mountain. I said, well, I don't think it's going to happen, Randy, but (laughs) it's the same difference. If you are strong enough, you can move mountains of deals that you're having. Yes. That you're going to go move the dirt. But he's explaining about how powerful it is that you can move mountains. Yes. What what he's talking about is the mountains we make. We take yeah. an ant hill and make a mountain out of it. Yep. And now he understands why I'm talking about a mountain moving mountains or moving stuff that he's Yeah, actually sometimes it gets so dumbfounded like in the why we could go all night I guess but the the one thing that really literally freaked me out on this monetized ordeal thing and everything if you're a Native American and you belong to a tribe and you're a tribal member but you don't call yourself a tribal member because you're going to get yourself in a mischief you say you're a tribe and he's like, well, what are we going to do about license? I said, Randy, did God create license or did he create knowledge? 
you don't go get licensed because now you're back under Deuteronomy's 4, 2, and 12, and 32. You're adding and subtracting the God's word, and you are bowing to false gods when you go ask for permission. License are permission. They're not a lawful term. They're a legal term. And he's like, well, oh, okay, yeah, I get it now. I'm like, well, why'd you ask that question after you've heard it how many thousand times and how many calls have we been on? And you still ask me, what about, what are we going to do about driver's license to drive? <laughs> I said, if you're driving, you're for hire. You're a corporate agent. You're not a natural denizen. You will be a citizen. A denizen does not drive. He travels. And uh, just a lot of different things like that that he just, after he's heard it a hundred times, who knows how many times, and then he turns right around and he re-asks the same question. I'm like, <laughs> really? Are you <laughs> that far gone or is it me? <laughs> uh, you can't help from liking the old parties. Kind of harder as a beaver, he wouldn't kill a rat if it seen one about it, how soft-hearted he is, but still he's so ignorant on other things, on some things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> well, I probably ought to let you go and go get me some rest with I stayed up. Yeah, it's about that time of the night, isn't it? <laughs> it seems every night I wind up chatting with somebody until after midnight, and tonight I was thinking about going to bed early. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, it's, I won't see, uh, I'm going towards midnight here. <laughs> yeah, I know, that's what I was thinking. I'm running you probably past midnight, or close to midnight. <laughs> no, I'm it don't matter to me. I'm an hour later, but last night was... I was still sitting on the front porch talking to Shorty and Randy and Danny and them until after. Well, it was about 1 o'clock, somewhere there. And seemed every night there is going into midnight and after midnight. I'm not getting, not spending enough time with my family in there. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, that's. That's one thing that just really kept irritating me every time. That That's one thing on our calls, on this call anyhow, that when they get to arguing like that, it, it really, really gets uh, more or less embarrassed the tar out of a guy because, you know, if there's other people listening, they're going to jump off real quick. That's yes. where I was trying to tell Shorty last night about we can't be arguing like that because there's people going to be listening in or if it's a recorded line somewhere, somebody's going to get a hold of it and they're going to yes. hear that arguing and it's going to turn them off in a hurry on that. Absolutely. <clears throat> Shorty, Shorty needs to know that he's not the only person right all the time. Yeah. He's got a he lot of needs- good information. Yes. 
Um, just because Shorty thinks his way is the only way, don't make another person wrong. No. You know this, th- th- like like Ghost. He's he's a lot farther advanced than Shorty. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And even Andrew, I think, is a lot farther advanced. Oh my! Yes. When he when he flew off the handle last night about Andrew and Ghost getting involved, I was like, "Oh my goodness, Shorty!" They did not crowd. Well, yes, they did. They run me right off. I was like, "They was discussing something, Shorty." Nope, they run me off of the call. No, I'm not <laughs> happy with it. I'm, I was like, and I I was telling Randy or somebody. I said. He reminds me so much of a little bandy rooster fighting against the big Rhode Island Red, and the big Rhode Island Red just keeps tromping over top of him. <laughs> and then yeah. Jacob, Jacob popped up, and he was saying the same thing. He said, told somebody the same thing. I was like, what the shit? I was just telling somebody that last night, too. How we both <laughs> thought about the same blanking thing. I guess we must have been brothers. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, uh, Shorty's so short that you just kind of, uh, he's got to scream a little louder. <laughs> oh, man. So you can put the face on him, you know, kind of look at him. <laughs> so it reminds me of some of the little miniature bandy roosters that I've had here that go up against the Rhode Island Red, and the Rhode Island Red just jump up and trump them. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, hey, you guys ever use a picture of a little bandy rooster looking up at a Rhode Island red and a post standing in front of the 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 dinner plate? I mean, well, I have already just been standing somewhere looking at something and just bust out laughing because all I can picture <laughs> Shorty is with. A piece of bread and it's left shoving food. <laughs> One, two, three in his face, just as fast as he can shove it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> hey, I'm gonna sign off of here. I I'm I'm due for a nap. All right, man. Good night. Yeah, good night, dude. Yeah. Yeah. So. I'm, I'm probably going to do the same thing. Alrighty. Well, we'll talk to you on the next go around, I guess. So. All right. All right. Uh, you have a wonderful evening. Yep. Thank you and good night. Yeah, good night. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 
18 plus.